0: Welcome to Guaranteed Audio! Uh, 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 uh,
1: uh.
2: (laughs) Welcome to our Thanksgiving episode of Guaranteed Audio, episode 4. I am Kevin James with my good friends... Ryan Murphy. Neil Ciceriga. Cool. Uh... And that was, like, not an alphabetical order or reverse alphabetical order. We'll figure it out at some point. We'll edit it down. Yeah, we'll flip them around. <laughs> Neil Murphy. All right, right off the bat, it's the end of October. Has anyone here been doing anything celebratory for the Halloween season outside of watching movies?
3: Yes. Uh, I went over the top on co- uh, not costumes. Well, I, I have a couple of costumes lined up, but I know we're going to get to that in a bit. I've spent a little over 200 bucks on Halloween decorations this year. Wow. I really want to go. And that's, by the way, 200 bucks. at Spirit Halloween does not go very far if you want to go all out. So uh, I'll probably buy more. Some of it's for my own use as a civilian in my private life. Some of which is for the office, for where I work. Some of it's for uh, my brother and his new wife. Some of it's for... I got a lot of stuff. I got a lot of stuff. Great. Uh, my wife and I are throwing a
0: Halloween party. Both of you will be there. It's correct. As of this recording tomorrow. Um, and it's uh, our new condo. Um, and we're calling it a her swarming
2: party. Uh. I thought of that. I'm very proud. Um, Have we all been present for 30 Halloweens in our respective lives? Yes. I guess. I can't imagine I did much for the first couple, but <laughs> sure. What, what, what month were you born? August. Okay, so, yeah, so yeah, yeah. when you were, okay, yes, yeah, so you got oh, 30. you alive, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I moved to Salem about a month ago, so my life has been... <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, counts. <laughs> that counts. That counts. Uh, so I've been um, soaking in the Halloween saturation. Uh, there's been carnivals in town, uh, ghost uh, tours and such. I've lived in Salem before. I love the town. Love all the festivities that come through. Even the tourists. I really like the tourists. Um, a lot of family members love to come up in September October to see the town and, you know, try to show them a good time. Try to show them some local flavor and food and the museums and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Yeah,
3: Kevin, curious, just for our audience who may not be here, Massachusetts natives, uh, like Cape Cod in September after Labor Day, there are savvy tourists who come after the rush. People who don't have kids. Lucky people who... uh I'm sorry. Uh, is there a rush? Not a rush, but are there tourists who are into Salem and the whole aesthetic after October, November, December, uh, who come like to see all the cool stuff when everyone else is when the crowds are gone? Yeah, I
2: would equate it to, you know how you'll go to Target on November 1st and 2nd to get all that Cal- the Halloween candy at like 80% off? Bingo. There are definitely people that come around a week or two into November when it's a little crispier, a little drier, a little more traditionally autumn. And there are no lines for anything. The carnival usually sticks around another week or so. Uh, all the museums are still there. All the tourism shops are still selling their t-shirts for five bucks. Salem's kind of always fun. Salem always has something to do year-round even when there's huge snowstorms. Uh, there's some awesome comic book shops, local mom pop video game stores, like I mentioned museums, there's a boardwalk with a very, like an old school traditional Yeah, the downtown okay. area is
3: really fun. It's, it's really not fun. Just Hall- it's not just witch themed. Yeah. It's just a really good town.
2: Yeah, and there's a lot of good, just a lot of interesting local shops and like jewelry and leatherwork and stuff you can look at. There's, there's always something fun to look at that's not Halloween specific. And I think the town will always attract that North Shore, you know, the antique crowd that likes to go mm-hmm. around on Sundays. Like there's always a reason to come to Salem for that it's a real town on top of being a fake town <laughs> and it's a pretty cool town yeah I, it's probably my favorite town in new england so I, i'm glad to be back there the only thing that stinks is the three of us are far apart now like yeah. you know like uh, neil and i were living in somerville simultaneously for a bit now ryan you're you're in the cape neil's yep. in somerville i'm in salem so that's like the orion's belt of <laughs> massachusetts of uh, eastern coastal yeah. massachusetts yeah, yeah. those of
3: you who are not <laughs> massachusetts natives uh let it be known it's it's something we all do it's not a good thing but something we all do people who live on the eastern part of Massachusetts the North Shore Boston the South Shore Cape we act like the Western Massachusetts does not exist we don't think about it we don't go there it's basically like it's just it's upstate it's New York. York yeah it's upstate New York In I was con- about to say it's upstate New York and that. Connecticut it's actually interesting for any of you who give a shit about sports which whatever <laughs> Um, they tend to be Yankees fans like New York and they tend to be not Patriots fans um, it's, well fuck them <laughs>
0: Yeah, this I don't. This sports care. podcast. <laughs> yeah, at all.
3: But it is weird. They don't identify as being, and it must be weird knowing that. Um, there must be a lot of people who gripe in earnest, in earnest about the fact that their tax dollars are going to a state house that never talks about them, never thinks of them, and never does anything to help them. So, uh, yeah, it would be interesting. <laughs> it's like they're a different state. Yeah, I.
2: I'm trying to think of anything specifically scary I've seen in Salem this year because there are a few local haunted houses um, and I've never been to any of them. I've been going to Salem on Halloween Mm. every year since I was a teenager, since I was 16. I've never missed a year and I would never go out to Salem to see the haunted houses because it's so busy. Why would I want to spend like 30 bucks to walk through like, you know, what's probably like the back of a mall or something retrofitted into one when I could go to Barrett's, you know, Haunted Mansion down in Abington or Ghoulie Manor. Like, there, there are a lot of excellent haunted houses in New England. Mm-hmm. Um, Fright Kingdom, you know, things like that. I, I'd like to get some more legit scary stuff in my uh, Halloween palette mm-hmm. this
3: October. Have any of you guys done anything like that this season? Before I continue, Kevin... At the beginning of October, did they do their big uh, parade?
2: The homecoming parade. They did. I wasn't there for it, though. Oh, okay. Um, Salem does kind of a locals-only parade.
3: No, I haven't been to any of
0: their haunted houses. I did go to the, um, it's not a wax museum. It's like a movie prop museum. What's that place called?
2: In Salem? Yeah. The Nightmare Gallery. Yeah, the Nightmare Gallery. That place is great. I love that. They have have props from uh, Pet Cemetery. Oh
3: <laughs> yes. cool. Yeah.
0: They have prop actual props and just very good replicas of like, you know, horror movie characters and props from like the the whole history of horror, not just like slashers. Like the
2: Wolfman and the morph yeah, yeah. and stuff
0: gr- they got a gremlin. Yep. Like seeing that gremlin. <laughs> they got the gremlin. I gotta check this Count Olaf, you said, right? Um, Count Orlock. Yeah, that's not exactly a haunted house, but it's definitely something I would have been too scared to go in as It does a become a
2: haunted house in October. Oh, really? Yeah, half the time it becomes a haunted house. And I've never been through the haunted house portion. Oh. But it's basically a movie history museum. It is. It's, I went in late summer, and it was pretty awesome. Yeah. They, uh, they were in a tight ship in Salem. Um, the tourism committee and the local government takes it. It's
3: not the, paying us to say this, by the no, way. No. But we really do enjoy it. They
2: take really good care of the local businesses, and it shows, because the, the local food is great. Like, there's so much good food in town that whenever people visit, you never get bored taking them out.
3: And we're, we're, by the way, we're all bringing this up because we live within reasonable distance. I mean, Kevin's going to sleep there again tonight. Uh, we're all in reasonable distance of Salem, Massachusetts. I can't think of anywhere else in America that would be considered a Halloween town. I, I can't think. The
2: setting of... for Hocus Pocus. Sleepy Hollow.
3: All right, that counts. Is Sleepy That's Hollow
0: real? Good. Sleepy Hollow is a real town. Yeah, okay. That's pretty New York, yeah. I don't know if they have as much tourism as
2: Salem. But, but Hocus Pocus is oh, yeah. uh, pretty big, right?
0: <laughs> All right. One is like a piece of classic literature. And, and the, the other, other is... Like Sleek a bod crane. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> one of them is an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. Mm-hmm. And the other is a big budget Are You Afraid of the Dark oh, episode. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, have you guys watched Hocus Pocus this season? No, not, not yet. yet.
1: No, I, I must- I've actually
0: been... I, I've just been uh, busy with stuff, and I haven't gotten a chance to watch a lot of spooky movies. Um, I guess this will lead into current media.
2: I prefer media current. Oh, yeah. media current. Um, let's see.
0: The most recent thing I watched was the other night, or I rewatched the uh, nineteen seventy eight invasion of the body snatchers. The good one.
3: Donald the, Sutherland, Leonard Nimoy. Yes. Well, All the right. great one. Young
0: Jeff Goldblum. Ah, oh, ah. Oh, Very skinny. Oh. He even like the, gives you, his weight. in Have the movie. you seen the fifties one? <laughs> I haven't. I really want to watch I that. I hear that's good. Yeah, but the if 70s one's... nice if I... Yeah. Is that the... Yeah, is no, it, no, the, the 50s one is uh, Kevin McCarthy from UHF. UHF oh, Station! All right. <laughs> whoa Weird Al! He doesn't call <laughs> him Weird Al in the movie. <laughs> um, but the 70s one is really cool. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a 70s horror... It's a 70s version of a 50s horror movie so it's got weird ghoulish angles at times and it's got the 50s style paranoia but it's got 70s fashion and 70s dialogue
3: the fashion is awesome i love whoever designed yeah where's the, the guy who because they're just trying to look like civilians but cool civilians cool. i just like
0: well the thing about the movie is, is it's got a, it's got a little bit of an upper crust um you know um academic. That's right. Yeah. Yuppies
2: is the word. Yuppies is the word.
0: They're kind of, well, they're kind of yuppies. It takes place in um, San Francisco, yuppies. which is awesome. <laughs> uh, but Donald Sutherland is, you know, he's a scientist. Uh, he's friends with a famous um, psychiatrist. You Leonard know? Nimoy, right? Leonard Nimoy. So that's the kind of circles that the movie takes right. place in. A
3: real Cambridge kind of crowd. I mean, yeah. You said it's San Francisco. It's yeah. literally, yeah. okay.
0: Uh, he's friends, the, the poor character in the movie, uh, Jeff
2: Goldblum, is still a poet. So <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's, it's a little it it wasn't attempting to be super accessible in that respect. Like the casting's very atypical. Is that what you're getting at? Like I I guess so, don't I don't know how it, much
0: but. of this is from the original. Maybe the yeah. original is a little bit yeah. academic too Cause, uh, yeah, I think the original also deals with like people talking about, you know, is this mass hysteria? Is it, you know. Yeah. So um so you it's like a little hoity toity, but the actual plot is pretty accessible you know yeah do you think
3: that was a having just recently rewatched it do you think that part of it is these are rational people who don't rush to decisions they're not reactionary or yada 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 i
0: think yeah that's exactly it that's uh, it's to give lip service okay. to the to the skeptic answer for why are people acting differently why do you think that people are acting differently um so it's basically to create tension i think between rational answers and the irrational reality of an alien invasion. You've seen it before, right? Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times before. Um, it's definitely one of my favorite horror
3: movies. Not to spoil the film for anyone, but... That ending. Yeah, let's we'll just oh, yeah. leave it at that. We'll just, for those of you who haven't seen it, I'd hate to ruin a really fun movie for you. Yeah. Um, I bet it's on Amazon Prime, I hope, who's and, also not paying us. But there's several no, really the good the, stuff. It's, it's one
0: of those movies where you'll watch it, you won't know anything about it, and then you realize, like, oh, I've seen a I've seen that. I've seen
3: that. this. Yeah. The Simpsons did this. Like, it's also, I, you know, Don't side, eat me. The, the
2: sidebar, a uh, quick sidebar, I the whole statute of limitations thing with spoiling movies and books, hey, guess what? If if the movie's forty years old, you could still ruin it. Just let yeah, people watch it. It's kind of true. I yeah.
0: I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know the ending of um, Terminator Two when I first watched it a couple years ago. Yeah. And not having. I think I
2: told you specifically because I rented out a movie theater to watch mm-hmm. it, and I told you don't look it up. But the last thing the Terminator does in this movie is going to make your day. And like... it did because I had
0: no idea it was coming. And it just been a, put a huge smile on my face. That's as much I'll say. It. I, I, I did, did tell you, because there's kids out there who have never seen it, but it's got to be a first time for somebody sure. somewhere. So. But I, uh,
2: I did but, ruin RoboCop for you, though. Uh, <laughs> which part? The ending. Murphy. Not I actually mean,
0: I haven't seen it in a few years.
2: I, oh man, I'm blanking but, on what the
3: ending is. I thought you told me, me you never watched
2: it. You told me you were never going to watch it. I'm like, I, oh man, then you I should told they, you I'm never going to watch. I think yeah, watched RoboCop. I yeah, watched RoboCop
3: as well. Okay, yeah, this must have been a lot. No, time no, ever. no, but
2: it was before. It was well before okay. you'd seen it and you kind of like kind of say like Paul Verhoeven and I'm like, "Oh man, you should see RoboCop because man, you're like, "I oh, don't know, it just seems kind of crass and mean." And I'm like, "Yeah, but there's a really good like like this is the style of humor." And I told you the ending of RoboCop. Okay. And like you're like, "Oh, cool." And then like when we finally watched it, at the same theater we watched Terminator 2, in fact. Uh, you kind of went, oh, damn, I kind of wish I didn't know the ending of the movie. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, last uh, props that I'll give to uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers is the extras are great. Because so many of them have a specific task of acting a little dodgy. Not acting like people, but in a subtle way so you don't notice it at first. And it's happening all through. It's one of these movies where it gets better the second time you watch it because you're looking out for Clues,
3: basically. Tell me some, because I mean, it's that sounds it's, like something it's that hard even to describe. But it's, just, with the movie it's just
0: people looking around. There's a shot of a guy just kind of running manically at one point in the beginning, and the camera just follows him for a second, yeah. and it pans over to the main characters, and they don't notice because he was running behind them. But he's just running for his life, and it's the, it, nobody notices. Huh. Um, it's just like uh and it, the movie's just full of weird little moments like that at the beginning, and um, it's a cool movie.
3: Nice.
2: Ryan, what about you? Watch anything good lately?
3: Uh, yes. Uh, let's see. Well, I have... A, stop me if you've heard this one before, but I love the show on NPR, uh, Snap Judgment, hosted by this really cool guy, Glenn Washington.
0: By the way, stop me if you've heard this before. Sounds like an NPR show.
3: It really, like, wait, wait, <laughs> don't tell me. Or yeah. um, What's the one where it's all like... Word place. Not the rhyming limericks. So, the, uh, the, the, yeah, you're right. They all kind of you're correct. <laughs> They're all some expression Stuck. that hasn't been used as
0: a title yet. Oh, there. That one. Take that one.
3: Go on. please. Tonight on NPR, onomatopoeia. Like, of course, <laughs> of course it is. Of course it's called that. Uh, it's, all right. Glenn Washington has this really cool podcast. Long story
0: it, it, short with your host. <laughs> <laughs> Go on.
3: Hey, uh, and I've always enjoyed on Snap Judgment. He does Halloween episodes called Spooked. And he also, sometimes during the summer and other times of the year, does campfire stories. And I really like his, I like the show, I like Snap Judgment, I like real-life testimonials from people. He gets great guests, he does a great job. I've been listening to it for years, but his first ever spin-off of Snap Judgment just started in, I want to say, either late August, early September, and it is just spooked. He's making his, I wouldn't be, which I wouldn't be surprised. I haven't really done my research as to which ones have the most views, the most independent clicks, the most downloaded.
0: Now, what kind of, what kind of scary stories are these?
3: Uh, allegedly, real life testimonials. Okay. People's first person accounts of uh, their experiences they've had. One of them is about a border patrol agent between, I want to say it's California and Mexico, in this really strange, really remote part of the border, where um, there just aren't a lot of people around. It's, he's not actually looking for, he's not there um, looking for illegal immigrants, he's just there patrolling a national park that happens to be on the border, really desolate, really remote, and where there's a lot of deaths from mountain lions. Because there aren't a lot of deer or other just He says it's a really strange environment in which the mountain lions are no longer afraid of people. They um, target hunter, they target hikers and campers. and it's a uh, spoiler alert, I won't tell but uh, Bigfoot shows up. Oh, it's a Bigfoot story. it's about Bigfoot. And but he just brings up the, the world that he's the, the, the environment that he paints that you learn about the location of this place just feels like a really weird uh, setting. Uh, He does one about a social worker from, this is an older one, social worker in Scotland who goes for this kid who's being homeschooled in a really remote part of Scotland and basically they think that there's a child uh, he, I, oh that's right. the kid goes missing or they think the child has a friend that's missing and they claim that he has accounts of talking to this kid who lives in the woods and this kid gives um the, the, the they claim that it's a ghost and as the story goes on you find out that this child either did really good research and is a great hoax or he which is almost certainly what it's, that's what happened is that <laughs> somebody set this up or yeah (laughs) they try to pitch it as how could this kid have possibly known these details about his you know in air quotes the friend who's a ghost like oh the kid got murdered it happened years ago like maybe he just looked it up because he knows things that could be looked up on google how about you kevin
2: um well i've been doing the october tradition of watching a bunch of spooky movies and the treehouse of horror episodes of the simpsons Mm -hmm. i also watched pet cemetery recently I don't watch that every year. I probably watch it every two, three years. Nineteen eighty-nine Stephen King adaptation, uh, directed by Mary Lambert. I'm sure people have heard of Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Uh, Have you both seen it?
0: I have. Yeah, only once, but I listen to the Ramones theme song all the time.
2: It's pretty bad. It's.
0: I love it. It's. It's.
2: It's. It's fun, bad. Like I I, I, I like it too. I have the single too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, But I like that movie. Um, It's very imperfect, but it it kind of has a silly MTV touch. From that era, that kind of softens how truly dark some of it it's, is. The, su- the subject is so dark. It's very dark. Uh, I mean, there's also like, I, I, there's a scene where like they clearly drugged up a cat. Like, oh, I don't remember that. I don't want to give away, but there's like a scene where like there's a cat that's like barely conscious.
3: It's not animatronic. Is yeah, right. No. right. <laughs> it's definitely a real live animal that. Uh, yeah,
2: that they like knocked up. A I'm bit. sure
3: PETA was around back then. I would say PETA's job has become. Uh, I'd like to think easy. I, I hope that when PETA, are you thinking the, of the ASPCA? No, the people for the ethical people for the ethical treatment of animals. The P- crazy PETA, PETA. <laughs> they're not all crazy. I mean, their leadership is crazy. It, it's strange. The first
2: time, so in Pet Cemetery, the film is basically a Stephen King love letter towards the Monkey's Paw, and in it, yeah. uh, this couple with uh, with two kids, they move into middle of nowhere Maine. Surprise. And uh, their cat gets killed very early on. Uh, church, named after Winston Churchill. They
0: live next to like a ter- like the worst street you'd want to be next. Yeah, to. Yeah, like a
2: bunch school. of eighteen wheelers driving by all the time. Yeah. And the death of the cat is actually off camera. Mm-hmm. Like a neighbor calls them up and goes, "Hey, found your cat in the road out there." And they go out and look. And that was good. There's the dead cat. And, By the way, half of the reason you want
0: to watch this movie is that character. It's uh, the monster guy. guy. Who, it's the guy who played Herman Munster. He's amazing in it.
2: He's really. He really
3: good. is, and he nails a main accent, which is a, which is different than a Boston accent. They have
2: this scene early in the movie where, like, so the family moves into this house and they meet their neighbor, Grady, Judd Crandall, Judd okay, there you go. Crandall. Mr. Crandall comes over, and he's the guy that you know. You've definitely heard this voice before when someone goes, "Don't go
3: down that route." Yeah, I don't want to go there. You can't get that from here, yeah. as they say in Maine. Right. Yeah,
2: as they say around here, Mr. Grady. Uh, the But uh, Judd Crandall, um, the first scene he's in, he comes over and he's like talking to the, this this young family, and they have a daughter. She's probably like five, and she goes, "Mr. Crandall, what's that over there?" And they cut to an angle where you see this really creepy path into the woods that leads to this pet cemetery, and what we find out later is an Indian burial ground. This is all set up. This isn't a spoiler. So, this is a really creepy shot of the woods, and there's like smoke and stuff. And it cuts back to Judd Crandall. He goes, Ah, that's a fun place. I'll take you down there sometime. It's a fun place. Like, just (laughs) just doesn't. He just like. And then later in the movie, he like has this horrible regret about introducing them to the pet cemetery. And just the. If you've seen the movie before and you know how dark it gets and how much despair is in the air, his like kind of aloofness when he knows very well what is at the end of that path is pretty funny. Um. He's got a hell of a face.
0: He looks like he looks the way you remember John Kerry
1: looking.
2: He also he has got. <laughs> like if you if you haven't seen a picture of John Kerry in a long time, he's a legit good actor in that too. Yeah. The rest of the cast is fine, at best. Uh, but
0: it's he, got um Tasha Yar from from a uh, TNG. Sure, it? sure. Um, the kid is
2: really cute.
0: He's he's he like he's cute to the point like it hurts the movie.
2: Uh, the movie also features uh, the lead cat, uh, Church, who is, who is played by a series of Russian blue cats. And I remember reading up on this film years ago and finding out that Russian blue cats are apparently the easiest domestic cat to train. And the cat does some pretty creepy stuff in the movie. Um, some really creepy stuff. Um, I just find it to be a really good October movie. When I think of a good Halloween movie, specifically a Halloween timed film like Hocus Pocus, that's the kind of film I want to watch. I want to watch that. I want to watch Creepshow. I want to watch It. I want to watch The Fly. I want to watch The Thing. Uh, the new It, by the way. Yeah. We kind of missed the boat on that a month ago. I saw it twice. Is that
0: the Is that probably the most recent movie that we all have seen in theaters? Yes. We're, we're
2: really it, late to the boat on the new boat, It in
3: theaters. It? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed It. Um, I think the new actor who plays Pennywise, he's brought his own thing Stars to the Garden, role. Yeah. He's done a great job. He did a great job.
2: I knocked it out of the
0: park.
3: Now, if you haven't seen
0: it and it's still in theaters, now is a great time to just, see it. Just
2: go
3: it just got, like, yeah. The
2: biggest problem you could have is seeing it in a theater filled with teenagers who aren't emotionally able to handle a few legitimately scary things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the movie's more an adventure piece that is about the themes of fear. It's more like a Green Lantern comic than an actual horror film at times. I mean, with it, more, Where it studies fear. It studies fear. Right? Yeah,
0: I, I think the yeah. scares for some people will be extremely scary. There are some really scary yeah. moments. The painting
2: wow. stuff got me the first time.
0: Yeah, there's some like very easy to yeah. identify with. If you remember being scared of things as a kid, um, pieces in the movie. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was great.
2: I like the way they played with scale. Uh, You never got a really good feel for how tall Pennywise was. Mm -hmm. And they use forced perspective and things to sort of obscure his relationship size wise to the kids. Uh, And I guess Scarthgard, the actor, is like six foot four or something, six foot five. So when they finally do get him in frame with uh, what's the name of the hypochondriac?
0: It's Eddie or something. Eddie, like it is Eddie. Yeah, okay.
2: When they, when Eddie gets face to face with him, and you see him put his hands around Eddie's face, it's, it's scary, man. Like that's like this yeah. big lumbering man who just, it's just
3: Freddy Krueger style, getting off on making kids scared. Like by the way, I don't believe this actually comes up in the. It's not going to come up in this. It didn't come up in this film. I don't believe it's going to come up in the second film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a little bit of research into where exactly does Pennywise fit into the Stephen King mythos, um, specifically in the context of. Great job, guys! I'm really sorry, The Dark Tower. How did you shoot yourself in the foot on that one?
2: They're trying to make a mini series <sighs> out of it now. Good. Like, I too... hope you
3: try it again. Yeah, I. I, also have this I hope thing. you do it right. I don't yeah. want you to screw it up because people love The Dark Tower. I've never read them, but I would be happy to. I, it's the most involved of all the things within Stephen King's mythos. I like the way that a bunch of his weird creatures and things uh, loosely tie into each other, but it's, he's he's never limited by the universe that he's set up. Yeah. It's quaint. It's fun when little things. It's not like, well, that doesn't... It's not like... Um, What's the name of the television program? Is it a is it scene elsewhere where at the end of the show... Oh, yeah, the, we talked the about the previous correct. episode. That's right. That means, oh, well, then this happened with that, and then this, you know, oh, so all these things have to be consistent with each other. Like, don't let it hold you back. Yeah, just just Uh, do your own thing. Make
2: your own story. Tell your own movie. uh,
3: But in short, apparently Pennywise, I actually wondered, does he fit in with the creepy stuff of the Crimson King? Is he one of the creepy men in yellow, the low men in yellow coats that work for the Crimson King, the main villain of the Dark Tower, that are a bunch of the different supernatural things? And apparently the low men in yellow coats are supposed to be a whole allusion to the old, uh, the yellow king. The King yeah. in Yellow. Like, I, I, I've i read so many Stephen King
2: novellas and shorts now, but I, I haven't read anything, at least that I'm aware of, that ties into that universe. But people have told me that it all becomes one big umbrella thing. And yeah, like, that's I, kind of, I'm kind of not interested in, yeah, like... Yeah, I feel I like just,
0: that's maybe all there is to that book, to that series. The Dark that's Tower? all I hear anyone talk about with The Dark Tower is, oh, it references his other books.
1: Hmm. But I, I mean, but it, I feel it, like I yeah. don't have a
0: good idea of like, what is its actual?
1: Do,
3: yeah. Uh, Why well, do people I will say yeah. I haven't read it myself. I don't know yet. It what? there are people truly do love it. But in short, uh, Pennywise is an alien. Yeah. Do, I do, didn't know do, that. Yeah. He they, crashed, I like how they give you just she, enough information. from outer
2: space. You should kill the clown from they, outer they, space, They give, you, man, they give yeah. you just enough information with the movie. And I love that. Just enough to keep you interested and hooked and. It's just long enough, the kids are great. Um, I yep. loved Eddie. I, Eddie remind like the way that kid portrayed like a hypochondriac mama's boy, it felt like he was doing an impersonation of like a family friend or like an uncle or his dad or something, because he was acting like an old man. And yeah, I loved you're right, yeah, I like that. <laughs> um, it was also, you know, it was legitimately spooky. It had a good adventure to it. Um, it didn't pull a lot of punches. And like, I don't want to be a negative Nancy, what I get out of the movie It is what I assume people get out of Stranger Things. Uh, Stranger Things, I I, I kind of get caught up in. This is just them regurgitating something
3: else. This is like E.T. Then watch E.T. The, the opening this title? This is like uh,
2: yeah. Super 8. Actually,
3: Super 8 is stealing that stuff, too. But yeah, yeah. this yeah. is kind of like the well, other. Well, I think we had, this this, is just, we
0: had the same reaction when we when we first saw Stranger Things was... Oh, this is—I can't put my thumb on why it's better than Super Eight, but this is a better version of Super Eight. It most certainly but is. Them, but Eight
3: them, hours. It
0: is, and the more you think of—I uh, mean, I like Stranger Things. I'm going to watch the second season, but I, I feel like a lot—plenty of people have. It feels like Friday the
3: Thirteenth, and just
2: rewatch those. The the thing. This is the thing that kind of put the nail in the coffin for me because I don't hate Stranger Things, but I do take umbrage with it, and I'll—I'll I'll listen to what my friends tell me about the second season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're at my issues with referencing and stealing and plagiarizing ideas, like they don't look like they're being abated when like the trailer was just thriller with Ghostbusters imagery. Like, all right, well, cool guys. Check that too. Paul Reiser's in it. I don't know. Uh, Paul Reiser's in it? Yeah. Uh, the actor? Yeah. The
0: okay, actor? that's not stealing. That's an actor getting work. Though. But
2: he plays like a corporate apologist guy. Uh, okay, so it's... But, but Okay, but the thing that broke... The straw that broke the camel's back for me was the opening title sequence to Stranger Things won an Emmy... For being like the best title sequence that year mm-hmm. it's just the title sequence from terminator
0: it's very similar it's
2: the same thing and it won an award for the best one i i that's kind of my issue is
0: so your issue has more to do
2: with the um the celebration of the, it being this great original thing when it's a failed
3: The the show's premise <laughs> is you know it would the, kind uh, of be like Key and Peele winning best title sequence for doing a parody of something and then that actual the, the creators of that real intellectual property going wait their parody won they're, you're right they're the best Terminator but, didn't, but win the awards didn't win but we did win for what we seasons, really like, made yeah. uh, they made fun of I don't know tier, Terms of Endearment and then they won an Emmy that like Terms of Endearment didn't yeah, win yeah it's
2: a little weird that like the show's entire MO is they you know the Duffer Brothers pitched um, their take on it to Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers was like well you're not really an established name, and it'd be a big risk to give you like $30, $40 million, so we're going to have to pass. And then Netflix goes, oh, we will buy it. Let's just change a few things. Can you make it eight hours long? And we'll even call it Stephen King. No, we'll call it Stranger Things, and we'll use the Stephen <laughs> oh. King font. The thing is a wholly unoriginal idea, and it loves owning it, and that's kind of my problem with it: is It's not... And I mean, there's, I mean, that's getting. I mean, there's other problems I have with the narrative too. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't I, like, I don't I, I like the teenagers. Like and, when
0: I watched it, I, I didn't have trouble with the fact that it is a big pastiche
2: because it's like they chewed in David Bowie music just because he had died when they were making it. They did, like, and it had nothing to do with like the episode. Like they played the it on like, It did
3: not feel natural. It felt or did not feel um, homogenous. It didn't feel, didn't flow. And, and it I don't want to just, I don't just want to pick it apart.
2: I just died. like, I just, I'm yes. not excited for season two. This is what I'm getting at. And With it, I remember at the end of it, I went, oh yeah, this is like. Yeah, this this is this is clean. This is this is the pure stuff. This is the actual. This is like the Mexican Coke to our American Coke. Like <laughs> yeah. This. Well, I mean,
0: I, <laughs> as as gross. someone who does like Stranger Things, my big issue with it and what I think is very, twenty seventeen about it is it doesn't really have a hard concept or a high concept behind it. It's it's got a vague, spooky land that can make spooky things happen. And Any reference
2: we want, we can pull out of it.
0: It's, it's, yeah, it's just kind of a, it's a very ill-defined, the upside down, you know, it's, it's, um, I guess it's Lovecraftian, but uh, that's, uh, that's not, that's kind of not what they were actually doing in the eighties. Horror movies had very specific concepts in the eighties that were yeah. like very well defined. Like, oh, it's a living doll. Oh, it's a guy who shows up in your dream. It's dreams. an amoeba
2: from space that gets bigger. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Like, and, and with Stranger Things, there's this element of... I mean, th- my, I have other issues with it. I, and again, I don't hate it. I, I think the kids are great. Um, most of them. Uh, I think the teachers are good. Uh, I like the, the, uh, the sheriff. Cath- I like the sheriff. Yeah, the sheriff. I, I, I feel I'm embarrassed how much I... I think the sheriff's the best character far and away because he's clearly my cipher into that universe. Ming and I have laughed about this. Like, yeah, of course I like the 30 to 50 year old white guy.
0: The thing is we all we all basically like that character. Like I think that, everyone he, knows, like, oh, that guy's like, oh, they they nail they knocked and that guy and out I of I
2: don't car. I don't get the Winona Ryder love on that show. I think she's I very like one note on that show. She's yeah. always doing the same expression, screaming, get me my son back. Like, I just and I I think old Winona Ryder has a you know, we have a jo- in joke in-joke about Winona Ryder, the three of us, about how...
3: <laughs> oh, I remember my Edward Scissorhands. I'm sorry. I can't finish that. Oh, I sure hope my son Spock doesn't have to visit me someday.
2: <laughs> you have the joke about old Winona Ryder
3: ruins things? Yeah, we have this thing oh, about... Oh, the black swan to... is gonna be a swan. <laughs> okay, she's not old in that film, but it's true. For those of you listening at home, which is the only way you could be there because you're not with us yeah. in this room, is... Uh, uh, it, it was an odd pattern I noticed. We collectively, I don't get take, I don't get to take. Old Winona Ryder showing up in things. When what, other than Winona Edward Rider Scissorhands ruins. Hands And Star Trek. Star Trek, is that it? No, there's another. <laughs> one. It was Winona Ryder ruins things, and I like Winona Ryder, and I, I like Heather, I like Edward Scissorhands, and I like her in Edward Scissorhands. But it was it was I think it was actually the 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 Chris Pine Star Trek run that I thought. Why do they age when on a ride? I'm glad they didn't digitally Just age get her. an older actor. Well, what it's the exact
0: it's... same the, the exact same thing happened in Prometheus with um Guy Pierce. Yeah, with Guy Pierce was they had a scene where you see that character young and then they deleted that scene. That's what happened in both yeah. movies. So what you watch in theaters is a movie oh. where there's an elderly character who's played by a famous younger actor in old face. And in you, old face I like and that Actually, think it's not
2: like a bigoted practice. <laughs> it's
0: it's not bigoted. It's kind of an accident, but it's old just face. weird. <laughs> Wait, well, that's so what it's called. And yeah, also, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what? Um, the original, uh, not the original it hasn't been remade, but um, The Exorcist, um, uh, what's his name?
3: Gabriel Byrne. Nope, no. different. The guy <laughs> I who looks, of him with yeah. The I know you're talking about uh, the, the minister. The
0: older old guy. Um, old priest. What's his name? Pre- Oldman.
3: Gary Oldman. I'm guy? not helping.
0: Something something something. That's his name.
2: <laughs> Robert Downey Jr.
0: Oh, uh, fucking what's his name? He was in a.
2: <laughs> we'll talk it. I'll find his name okay. out. Anyway,
0: good. in that movie, he's also playing an older man than he is, and you kind of don't notice it because he's old now, and you're just and you just feel like oh he was always old, but oh. uh, no, he's an old
3: Max son of, von Sydow. Yes, thank you, Max. Von oh, Sido. thank you. he thank uh you. He's
0: he's also needlessly aged up in that movie for kind of no reason. Only with that, it's Mo- Max von Sydow, and I think they probably just thought like, we want oh, him. we want him." It's an well, older character. A few but whatever. Points. It's Max von Sydow. Just make him Did, look old. I,
2: I, I also like just just to get to put the nail in the coffin on Stranger Things. I just yet again, I don't hate it. I just I remember getting three episodes in and just sighing when I went. This is just going to be a bunch of stuff I already could watch. And what, the fact is. It, it
0: had the, it already become overhyped when you watched the it
2: the week it came out, people yeah. were losing it over. I that.
0: think I think what helped me was I. Um, I sound like such a hipster,
2: but it, it, <laughs> there is something about like it getting awards and acclaim in its plagiarizing shots and elements from other art. I appreciate it's,
3: There's a difference in an homage and a, and a steal.
2: It's yeah. a shot from a, it's a frame from I, a movie. I went, a lot I went of in blank. I saw
0: it like as soon as it came out because I would seen the I watched it the week
2: it came out too. I know.
0: I saw it like the day it came out. Yeah. So nobody had really like you win. on to <laughs> it. Well, that's why, that's why I didn't have yeah. like this high bar to compare it to. People weren't raving about it yet. Um, and I can totally see how if you've heard like so many great things about stranger things, and then you watch it as a fan of eighties movies
2: or like people talking up Barb. And then you're like, Barb was nothing. Barb is mean, not a character.
0: Right. She had a cool look and uh,
3: well, let's not spoil. She also
2: shames people's. people for wanting to have sex and stuff. And that's like, uh,
3: thanks Nancy Reagan. Thanks, Anyways, thanks. Tipper <laughs> thanks Barb. These <laughs> difficult humans. I'm willing to bet uh, Barb shows points. up in season two. Uh, number one, before I let Winona Ryder off the hook, cause I'm not, <laughs> uh, um, I so did not know that once. there was a scene that was cut. What I honestly thought in in the first of the Chris Pine, the cool, new, fun Star Trek movies, which I love old Star Trek. I love Next Generation. I love new Star Trek. I even have a soft spot for Deep Space Nine. Uh, there I said it. Um, I loved uh, the one where they're lost somehow, even though they have a warp drive with Captain Janeway. How did I forget Voyager. the name? Voyager. Oh my God, I forgot the name Voyager. Um, I really thought that they had old Winona Ryder because they were doing a setup that, it wouldn't be the first time in Star Trek, they have to go back in time. And yeah. she, Spock just needs to do something emotionally meaningful with his mother as just regular Winona Ryder. Yeah. They could still do that. Um, I didn't know that there was no. a scene about her falling It'll in love like with the It will be like if Vulcan. you're
0: watching Back to the Future... And uh, what's her name? Leah uh, Thompson. Leah Thompson, yes. Oh. Uh, and Crispin Glover are in that first scene. And, and then he, they, were in the the yeah, they <laughs> weren't in the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, they weren't in the rest of the movie.
2: Yeah, that happens. It's like, movie. did you see, did either of you watch that awful Terminator movie, Genesis, the fifth one? Yes. I kind with of, Daenerys I watched Targaryen it. Yeah, they, they, just being a. They do like Arnold. They give her nothing to work with. They, there's like three or four different ages you see Arnold at, and that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, them showing 1984 Arnold was pretty neat. It was When he, he it.
0: stood still, I remember it looked good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think they did okay That's with like that. telling
3: somebody you look good in the dark. <laughs> yeah.
2: but the thing is, what we're talking <laughs> about, too, the biggest <laughs> bummer is that all the stuff we're talking about isn't the actual content of writing or acting or story, because... Both of these things we're talking about, Terminator Genisys and Stranger Things, are just regurgitations of things we've already experienced. Mm. And it's, bummer, it's a bummer because if someone's like, yeah. okay, well, what do you think about the story of Stranger Things? I'm like, well, it's too long, and I don't think Eleven's a good character, and I'm not interested in watching her stare at a CG monster in, like, Grimace, and then the CG monster explodes or something. I, I just don't, I don't find that exciting. Uh, and to watch eight hours of story to get to that, I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I just don't, I, I, I'm not excited for it. I'm excited
3: for oh, to I would love a sequel to Beetlejuice where they do finally go to Hawaii. But for some reason, Tim Burton listens to our podcast and goes, you know, I'm going to put it in for that Murphy fucker. I'm going to make one of to ride a real old for a film. <laughs> <laughs> that really grind his. So yeah, that really my, piss off.
0: My Beetlejuice 2 dream I had. I'm listening. Go ahead. I had a dream once that it finally came out, Beetlejuice 2, and I was in the theater watching it, and it was no good. <laughs> Beetlejuice wasn't really in it till the very end, and half of it was anime, and what? It was at dream, the end, what? or, like, after the movie, um, uh... Tim Burton? No, uh, Beetlejuice. Um, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton was walking around apologizing to people.
2: (laughs) Have you ever, ever, there's gotta be a name for that when you have a really mundane dream as a child that's like... This happened recently.
0: Oh, really? (laughs) I remember having a
2: dream as a kid that I got like a Ghostbusters game on PlayStation 2 that they made one when Mm -hmm. I was like 13. Yeah. I dreamt that.
0: Oh, yeah. I used to have video games. No, I
2: didn't dream I was doing something fantastic. Yep. I dreamt that a video game got announced. You hijacked
3: Soviet sub that I you could
2: were... buy
3: something. <laughs> that happens to me all the time because media is such a big part of our lives. That's like I dreaming think. that you are deleting your junk emails. Like, Ooh, Papa Genos <laughs> gave me a coupon. Like that's <laughs> a dream. Well what happens <laughs> to me a lot is
0: if I'm if I'm say looking for a certain product, if I'm on the hunt for something that's hard to find, and I'm like searching eBay for a while, um, then I might have a dream where I find that item. Ooh.
3: Speaking of a hunt for something that's hard to find, <laughs> if I may, because you're going to keep... talk about savers again. <laughs> no, no, but I do. <laughs> I just like savers. <laughs> I'd, we I'd be happy if we went there today. But to, just to wrap up on, or, maybe, or to wrap up my bit on current media, I watched, I binged in only two days, all of the story of, on, the, on Netflix, eight parts, how the FBI caught Ted Kaczynski, the Uta Bomber. <laughs> Uh, that was great. It's about forensic linguistics and about the d- development of this very, very new field, about trying to dissect his language, his choice of words, his use of language, not just what words he chooses to use, but what words he doesn't, what words are conspicuously absent, what he's trying to convey and how he's doing it. Now, he's the guy to... who shrunk the kids, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's Wayne's. Don't, don't, don't correct him. <laughs> <Okay>. don't... <laughs> Well, I can't yeah. prove he didn't do that. <laughs> he, did. he was a prolific murderer. <laughs> yeah.
2: So for those of you new to Guaranteed Audio, once an episode, one of the three of us will conduct a quiz with the other two members of the show, where we'll pick a subject matter or some unique rubric for a quiz, and we'll have at it, and then whoever wins wins, and then we move on to the rest of the podcast. And this month, this holy month of October. The quiz belongs to
3: Ryan Murphy. I had an idea for a quiz about Sonic the Hedgehog, but I decided to just kind of leave that bottle episode on the shelf, if you will. The Sonic quiz will stay fresh for weeks and months to come, but I thought I would stick to my own wheelhouse and do what you know, and work on something with creepypastas. We're gonna have a creepypasta quiz. Now, I purposefully chose not to use any of the creepypastas that are original content, like Jeff the Killer, Slenderman, Candle Cove, the the Russian Sleep Experiment, famous stories that exist exclusively... The ones that kind of became famous on their own. Exactly. I'm going to stick specifically to some of the earliest original creepypasta stuff, which is references to existing intellectual properties. Things that, uh... A creepy pasta of this, or a, a weird lost episode of that, and again, just to reestablish, creepy pasta—the word comes from a subreddit, a subthread somewhere, earlier days of the internet. It became a weird, ins- as Neil said, an insular, like an in-joke of the misspelling of copy paste to copy pasta. And some, yeah, somebody would accidentally put, instead of writing copy and paste, there were a copy pasta. And that, like a weird meme, sort of, just took on a life of its own, like memes tend to do. There was a this pasta, that pasta. Creepy pasta is kind of the only one that really stuck. When when
2: did they take off? Like 2008?
3: That's Eh, about Yeah, probably coming up on 10 years. Um, Yeah.
0: And for those who don't know, they're basically short stories, mostly written by children. A lot of them are teenagers. Or teenagers. And a lot of them are like, Uh, Describing a hypothetical lost episode that creeps, that's creepy in some way or ruins people's minds. I thought
2: Creepypasta was just short, scary stories. Yes, some of them are specifically
3: for the internet, but the
0: ones that are referencing pop culture they tend to be like, you know, uh, an episode.
3: Well, I don't want to just in case there's an episode of
2: Doug where Patty turns out to be a dog person.
3: A lot of it comes from the earlier days of before we had On Demand or before we had like a television where you can literally look up what you want. There was a directory. Oh, okay. Uh, do you remember okay. that one weird thing that aired at night or do you remember that one thing that you kind of confuse and conflate? The in creepy memory? episode
2: of Family Matters they only showed the one time? Exactly. Exactly.
3: Yeah. exactly. All right. So let's go. Okay. There is an actual, or is one of the very few that could be considered an actual creepypasta pasta. About our good about uh our good friend Garfield, there is a Jim Davis comic strip done for Halloween that has a genuinely dark, sinister tone uh, about Garfield waking up in his home. It's dark, it's literally dark out, and there's a note left by John and Odie saying that they're sick of Garfield is selfish, Garfield is mean. Odie is sick of being kicked off the table and being you know bullied by Garfield. They have left. And they, uh, they've they left Garfield. They're, they're starting a new life. And Garfield then at the end of the comic just goes back to his bed. And presumably because of his combination of selfishness and denial and genuine laziness that he just goes there and he, he just is too lazy to actually go out and find food and water and that he actually just dies. He starves to death and he just dies. And all if in canon, if there is a canon to Garfield, uh... If there is, in fact, a canon to Garfield, uh, all of the other Garfield strips from that point on are just his memories as he dies. It's sort of an, an occurrence at Owl Creek Bridge of the rest of the continuity of Garfield. That is how his story ends. Okay. What is the name of that Garfield comic strip? <laughs> uh, I, I, thought, I thought
2: this was going to be a true false. Uh, uh, geez, I have no clue. I got
0: nothing. I remember the strip, but I don't remember the name.
3: Uh, well, what I found, because apparently there, what I it's it's called Starving Garfield. And although <laughs> that is not necessarily the name that Jim Davis has ascribed to it. But if anything, it really doesn't matter if you guys got that right or wrong. It's that now our audience knows that information; they can go look it up for themselves, and that's good. Is These star- are what preview
2: are supposed to be is for. It starving Garfield or Starving with a G.
3: Starving, ing oh,
0: starving Garfield. I remember. I think Jim Davis's like official word on that was, "Oh, I just want to do something a little spookier for Halloween. It's not you. You don't have to take it seriously." Exactly, but it really does make it look like Garfield's dying. And, and again, Garfield never, comics. He never um, wakes
3: up. They have a very similar. They have a very muted color scheme they're usually in the same two or three locations Garfield is mean to um, the gray cat that I always thought was a girl normal Nermal, because normal was always voiced by a woman on the cartoon and normal is not a human's name question number two a cartoon way before the Hayes code if you will you guys heard of the Hayes code from back in the yeah. original code of not just for it mostly for animation but among other things and I well, there was an equivalent in comics. It wasn't the Hayes Code exactly, but it was the comics code, maybe?
2: Okay, but what's, what's the okay,
3: well, what's It the was Hays code? that you could only, things you could or could not depict anymore. No more of the creepy skeletons, no more ghosts, no more smoking cigarettes or drinking. Smoking cigarettes or drinking alcohol had to have, need to now have negative t- connotations. And uh, this was uh, actually a Betty Boob cartoon that was starring her little dog friend named Bimbo. And Bimbo, like Betty Boop, was popular among the first talking cartoons, the first ones with sound, post-Steamboat Willie, back in the 1920s into the 30s. And there's a famous one that is in a lot of ways like a creepypasta, because Bimbo, it's called Bimbo's Initiation, and Bimbo is brought into this weird creepy cult and this nightmare house with chomping doors and slides to nowhere and crazy creepy stuff this famous Betty Boop uh, story, and Betty Boop is actually there at the end of the cartoon. Uh, that doesn't spoil it to watch it. All of you at home, watch this. Watch this cartoon. If that's all you get out of this, then uh, What's worth it. What's the name, What's the name of the cartoon again? Bimbo's Initiation. Okay. This famous creepy old cartoon is featured as a famous set piece in what film? Bimbo's Initiation is used as a set piece to draw the audience into something terrifying in what film? I'm going to guess who
2: framed Roger Rabbit.
3: That's a great guess. It's wrong, but it's I, a great my guess. My guess,
0: I don't think it's right, but I was thinking the forbidden zone.
3: Oh, even better. Also wrong, but, yes, but definitely wrong. <laughs> is, uh, okay. Uh, this is good. Cause this is actually one of the questions you can keep on thinking. And again, if, if the audience of all you get out of this is you learn about this Garfield thing, look it up, watch Bimba's initiation. It's like, Less than 20, 15 minutes long. I have seen it before, but I don't... Rem- I don't,
2: I don't I, I've never um, seen it in a movie, though, so I, I've,
3: I've gotten on to work with. As a matter of fact, you have. What movie? Is it in the end? Is it the Baba Duke No, but no, there, there is, is a like great anime. old-timey it's, yes. thing. Uh, okay. It's actually not in anim- it. It's like a, like, like early 20th oh, century. Oh, yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Which was great, actually. By the way, Duke Anyone out there at home, watch it. Gets better when you watch it more than once. Mm-hmm. Anybody? uh I was about to say, everybody out home, give up, because I can't hear them. <laughs> Kevin Neal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think I, I have
0: to give up. Yeah.
3: yeah, Bimbo's initiation. At the very beginning of Bimbo's initiation, uh, he is uh, thrown into a manhole cover by a clear a copyright infringing at the even at the time which is clearly a caricature of mickey mouse who would have been betty boop's probably betty boop's biggest alliteration betty boop's biggest competition but the answer to the question is the film in which this is in the cartoon the creepy creepy old cartoon bimbo's initiation is what the sister is watching in the third segment of the twilight zone movie oh the his actual the only member the only remaining member of his actual biological family in is it's I say it's a wonderful life no that's not the name it's a good life yeah. the 1980s remake with the great pup it is now that story uh, would that that is of the quality of creepypasta that creepypasta should be mm-hmm. and for those of you at home watch a Twilight Zone movie half of it's good mm-hmm. second half. Next question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just straight up the second half. You can just... Actually, in a lot of ways, you really could just skip. It's 40 yeah. minutes of gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. John Lithgow. <laughs> All right, Kevin, uh, you're going to get this one because it was <laughs> on in- Yeah. So... Another thing, a big trope, a big uh, theme in creepy pastas is that one weird episode, that strange thing they used to film, that strange thing that was on like public access, or that weird thing early in the morning on PBS, or uh, as Neil, you and you, Max, and I were talking about about you know a month ago, those those weird MTV oddities they used to air at Saturday morning cartoons mm-hmm. at like five six in the morning when my parents would be like, "This is the only day I get to sleep in."
0: Just think, that shut the haven't... fuck up! Like, let me watch. Let me sleep in. Just stuff that you haven't seen in ages.
3: Exactly. And I uh, you, you vaguely remember it. And we discussed, Kevin, and tell me if you know this one. The head. A guy with a really big head and an alien lived inside. You remember this one? Yeah. You, know talking about? Yeah, yeah, you guys talked about it in the last podcast. Uh, we from, did. We talked about uh, Yes, on, yes. It was yes. on Liquid yes, Television
2: and Cartoon Sushi.
3: Yep. Wait, was it really? Yep. I did not know that. Well, this 1980s hijacking of a television signal in quite a few stations, I believe mostly out of the Chicago area, if memory serves me right, during November 22nd, 1987, starred which famous 1980s character? Max Headroom. Max Headroom. Yeah. it's
2: called the Max Headroom event,
3: right? Well, yeah, but that kind of gives away the quiz. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Correct. And, uh, no, that, I, I was reading up on that recently.
3: And you shared again with me, because I hadn't thought about that in years
2: it's legitimately a creepy clip to watch it is the sound is what i don't think
0: he meant it to be creepy i think it's just the quality of like the mask and the uh the the video it keeps going have you seen the whole thing yeah yeah. it gets
2: like oddly so for people who haven't seen it yeah like back in the 80s like some guy and girl figured out a way to hijack like a a uhf signal Mm uh in in Chicago, around chicago which is a
3: huge security threat too like in a defense purposes when you think about like here in America, could someone hijack, you know, even digital cable stations? But go, I'm sorry. Go so people
2: on. are watching the news and all of a sudden Max Headroom shows up and instead of it being like, you know, the, you know, it's like old 80 spokesman Max Headroom, who's kind of creepy in his own right. Mm-hmm. It's some guy in a really creepy Max Headroom mask and sunglasses and someone's behind him holding a piece of sheet metal and they're just rotating it and moving it to weird angle. To make it sort of emulate the CG stuff they were doing with Max Headroom that looks like the Mystify Your Mind window screensaver. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it's really creepy looking. The audio's not quite there. And and he's,
0: just, he's yelling about something. And catch point, the wave. He wears like, yeah. his butt and, and someone The spanks woman spanks it. it. She's yeah. in a
2: costume. Like
0: It's super weird. Actually, this reminds me of a video. I love this video. Um, it's called What's Wrong With You? I'm I I forget if that's the actual title, but there's this vi- um there's this clip on YouTube of an old public access comedy skit uh where there's a guy um and he's sitting at a table and he has like a fake prop fish and there's a repeating voice that says what's wrong with you uh over and over and a couple other lines I think and he he's trying to eat this fish but it keeps falling sideways off of his plate and he keeps grabbing it and he's just yelling at the announcer and saying I'm just trying to eat my fish it's just this, this, it's, it's, I feel funny. like, I feel like we're
2: just generating a really cool list of creepy things to Google. It's, well, the creepy
3: thing As about I hope this we is do. no one knows who made this. I feel like Tom Green would take credit for that. I feel like Tom Green would try to take credit for anything he can possibly It, it, in it, does, it
0: does feel like something he might do in high school. It's like a, it's, it's that kind of uh, absurd humor, but, um, just the fact that it's, um, an anonymously, made. it's called,
2: what's your problem? What's your problem?
0: yeah so yeah the uh, the voice is just what's your problem what's wrong with you it's a great video uh, i mean it's, it's really annoying but uh it's it's hilarious to watch this guy like angrily try and eat a fake fish i <laughs> love this video what? and it's a little bit
1: like wrong with i'm trying to eat a
3: fish what is wrong with you trying to eat a fish and it falls off the plate would you shut
0: up wrong with you're me bothering you? me more than a what fish is, is bothering is me would you, you shut up and leave me alone what's your problem I'm Just trying to eat a fish. Is wrong with you. I'm
2: only trying to eat a What's fish. Here? You shut up wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with What's me. Is wrong
3: it's wrong pretty you. creepy looking, I gotta it's say. Creepy. I'm gonna look it up. This is a new one. For, I learned something new today. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. So there's
0: nothing. I mean, it's just like some Joker who like made a public. Like that's something we would do. You know. I almost <laughs> feel
2: like we should retrofit this into like Ryan Chairs creepy fucking videos to watch on the internet, <laughs> and we go, yeah. <laughs> we just all wow. watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, yeah,
0: I like that one just just because it's unsourced and nobody knows where it came from. Came from. And like
2: 20 years, people who would know might just be dead. Like it might be one of those things that yeah, you know, sure. So it might just be lost to the ages.
0: Maybe. All right. So one point for Kevin.
2: Yes. We both
3: knew it. Well, okay. <laughs> but you said it first. Sorry, Neil. He said it first. Is, is there more? All right. Um, this one comes for, ripped from the headlines. Uh, for those of you familiar with the field of mental health, up before, like, basically 1980, every, it was a nightmare. It was really bad. Mm-hmm. And a lot of pastas, along with plenty of urban myths and scary stories, come from... Abandoned mental asylums, tuberculosis hospitals, creepy, especially right up here. We are spoiled when it comes to creepy locations here in New England. And one of the worst cases that got exposed was a place called Willowbrook. Now, for those of you familiar with the real Ryan Murphy, the real place, a lot of American Horror Story Season 2 is based on a Willowbrook like place. And there were a lot of really scary ones. But the thing about Willowbrook that was famous was because it was exposed, a lot of these were exposed by. Uh, important people, uh, groups of concerned citizens, and Willowbrook itself was actually v- toured by famously toured by Robert Kennedy, who came out and said, "This is basically, basically, this is disgusting. This is dehumanizing. We've got to fix this place and get these people the health they so desperately deserve." But what journalist made their name? By rushing the place with his camera crew with the big light on, exposing... It's Geraldo. ah, It's it's always Geraldo. Geraldo Rivera. Well, I know this because I watched the documentary Cropsey. Did you watch it? Yep. Cropsey is, in fact, about... That's right. It's about Willowbrook. Cropsey is exactly the kind of urban legend that comes up around when you close a mental asylum, because mental asylums are scary. Abandoned mental asylums are obviously scary. And a lot of people, depending on their financial setup or their mental health issues, when this place closed, they were just homeless and still in desperate need of care care they were not getting that leads to a lot of scary stories next up on the docket a few years ago in the year 2008 an alleged bigfoot body was found we're having kind of tonal whiplash here <laughs> <laughs> i know where this is going okay all right In the year 2008 uh from cnn and i quote the initial promoter of two hikers claim that they found a body of bigfoot in georgia their names were Matthew Witten and Rick Dyer. What was the corpse that they claimed to have found, which was later disproved to be a hoax, that was uh, they claimed was Bigfoot?
2: I think, wasn't it just a Bigfoot costume frozen in ice in a cooler?
3: Yes, but what else was with it? Some deer meat. Ooh, better. Cow meat? Ooh, nope. Meat and meat raccoon oh raccoon it was a suit
2: with a bunch of dead raccoons like like a like a like a bigfoot costume with raccoon meat correct what did they think was going to happen hey they, maybe they didn't know
0: <laughs> maybe they just had <laughs> some heart <laughs> maybe they found the, uh, a big maybe someone else put the raccoons in the bigfoot costume maybe this is a. And they found it and they didn't check Jack in the
3: quite. beanstalk scenario of some old like ooh i found me a bigfoot <laughs> But I can't bring them into town. Maybe you
2: boys could. Was like. there a recent like news story from like Washington State where somebody found a Bigfoot and they they claim to have new video? This is like a week ago. Oh, there's always there's some always some thing. yeah. Bigfoot's not real, guys. It's cool. Let it go. I mean, it's not, a cool, you know, no, I should. It. No, I, I'm not going to be that stale. It's fun when people say they found Bigfoot
0: yes
3: yeah. ex- well put i remember it's, i
0: remember that exact story i think that's what was in the news when we decided to make bigfoot begins
2: yeah
3: a bunch of dead raccoons
0: in a cheap suit stuffed in a freezer watch bigfoot begins it's a pretty good uh short film we did just google bigfoot begins and it will definitely be the first thing i hope because batman begins had got this was
2: before dark knight came out it was, <laughs> it, right. was it was. One. yeah they so wow. were like oh batman begins batman's oh, back <laughs> yeah. it's still a good movie
3: guys it's batman it's got liam neeson <laughs> Alright, uh, like I was saying, there is, when it comes to television shows, comic books, comic strips, uh, we all remember from the 90s, Calvin and Hobbes. Bill there Watterson. is a creep. There is an alleged creepypasta, which, by the way, it's not like a television program from the 80s. Someone could actually just draw this. They could just imitate Bill Watterson's style. I'm sorry, they could steal but I'm guessing Bill Watterson's style. Right? There is allegedly a creepypasta, uh, there is a creepypasta, there is a real story, about a... Uh, Thing in Calvin, uh, Calvin and Hobbes' story in which Calvin's mother dies. Um, what is Calvin's mother's name?
2: Calvina. <laughs> I
0: don't okay. think, I don't think, I want to say they didn't have names.
3: Correct. Ha! Yes, according to Bill Watterson, quote, Calvin's mother never received a name because she was only important to the storyline as the mother of Calvin, oh. which is kind of a uh, it's actually kinda of weird when you say it out loud like that. I mean the <laughs> father didn't have a name either, did nope, he? Nope, he had no name either. Okay, it yeah. would be really shitty of Bill to uh, have named dad like oh dad's name Robert and she doesn't need a well, name. Well dad like
2: works. So that's <laughs> what,
3: Bill, 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 Bill. Bill. No. You know what? I feel like
0: that for I, I'm not sure why, but that doesn't sound like a creepy uh, like a good creepy pasta to me. I feel uh, like it's
3: not. No, you can't make Calvin and Hobbes creepy. It's too good. Well <laughs> put. Yeah. Now, one of the first creepypastas, I'm sure you've seen the one about. There was a very famous one about Mickey Mouse. Ghosts. Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse. Nope. I'm skipping that one. That one's just that one kind of sucks. Just <laughs> for those of you at home, honestly, please just Google Mickey Mouse creepypasta. It's just a cheaply done, really grainy uh, video with. Uh, a weird, like, it goes dark after a couple minutes and it comes back and there's some screaming of just one looping thing of Mickey Mouse. Quite frankly, the mythos around the one of Mickey is there because Disney is a huge company. Walt Disney is a huge figure. They're very easily uh, digestible, family-friendly things. Uh, Even the earliest black-and-white Mickey, Steamboat Willie, and all that good stuff leading all the way up to nowadays, uh, Mickey Mouse has never been... uh, Mickey Mouse has never been transgress he's never transgressed he's never been provocative he's never been anything but very very safe the thought of mickey mouse doing something
0: non-safe watch the most recent mickey mouse cartoons
3: okay there's a familiar
0: from the last few years relatively new oh well, they were making them maybe five years ago um the just like the current run of mickey mouse shorts are fantastic they're super weird they are pretty transgressive for Mickey Mouse. I'm, I highly recommend I them. learned they something new. So I'm fun, definitely going to so look it up.
3: Yeah. Are they on, like, the Disney Channel? Because I don't know. cable, but is like, a shame. There's, but... there's big super cuts of them on YouTube and stuff. Oh, great. Oh, They're okay. just, like, Excellent. Fantastic. I remember the 3D one that was before one of the Pixar movies that I saw. No, oh, it was yeah, the one yeah. before Frozen. That's right. That was for 2014. So three. Oh, my God. Almost four years ago. Yeah, these are 2D. Which I, I liked. Yeah, but,
0: these, uh, these are 2D. They're made by like very good animators. They're very well animated, um, very visually comedic. There's like often there's a lot of them that don't even have dialogue and they're funny as hell.
3: For those of you at home, I encourage you to look it up just like I'm I want you to apologize for putting down Mickey. I'm you know I'm (laughs) not because here's the reason why. Um Mickey Mouse. Uh, you look up the one, the creepy about Mickey Mouse. You'll see it's not very good. Mm-hmm. Then watch, or better yet, uh, first watch Bimbo's Initiation. Because if there were some Mickey cartoon that's as good as Bimbo's Initiation, you would go, "Oh yeah, this is worth a story." Bimbo's Initiation is worth a story, and it's not a very popularized one. The one about Mickey Mouse called like just Dead Mickey or Mickey something is, uh, it sucks. So, next one. The biggest gathering of pop culture things, subject matters ever of all time, The Simpsons. And it is allegedly a script that never actually got... This one is actually slightly more plausible because it's a script instead of an episode. So there is no episode of... uh, It's called Dead Bart. And it's about Bart dies, and it has an oddly creepy, somber feel to it. Homer cracks one joke at one point, but it really doesn't go over the audience well. And it's just oddly, starkly realistic. The Flanders come over to like, pay their condolences, and Maude's still alive, because it was back then. Yeah. And it, Homer actually just like hugs him and cries a little, and then just asks to be left alone. It has a plausibility uh, to it that is unnerving. Uh, nothing insane or cartoonish happens in this universe. And it's just about Barca hit by a car and he's really dead and the family can't cope with him. It. it
0: almost feels like something that you maybe have, like if you had a dream about like, Oh, I watched an early episode of the Simpsons when they still did like modeling stuff like that. Yes. It kind of yes. feels like if, if
3: you had like a weird nightmare about one of those episodes, <laughs> what is unique about the Simpsons that lent this some credibility that the, th- what, that the script could be
2: real. Correct. Oh, geez. I mean, there was an episode where Bark got hit by a car and Mr. Burns and the Simpsons went to court and they had to settle. So maybe that's it. Like there was like...
3: That's pretty good, actually. I don't remember yeah, the one where he gets yeah. hit by a car. Is that where Season Burns one. buys them, like that stupid head? Yeah. yeah. That's still in their basement, by the way, for <laughs> yeah, after yeah. all these years? Yeah, yeah. That they couldn't... Uh, what a great example of a gift from a diffi- from a difficult rich person... That's insultingly big. You cannot put it in your living room because it's civil. Just humans give us don't money. Need- Just, Just give us money. <laughs> and they gave them something. that's It's very big. It's very old. It's clearly expensive. And they'll never find a buyer for it. So
2: what what could it be? Um, what, what do you got Neil? Maybe the writing staff? That's
0: I, a damn good guess. Is there any way you can rephrase that question? Because I'm at a
3: loss. What is unique about... Um, I'll just tell you. You you guys want me to tell you? (laughs) I think
2: we should just drop the quiz aside because I just want to hear these facts about cool creepy.
3: The reason is because for those of you who are diehard Simpsons fans, as we all are, and you're you're both going to go, oh, okay. And the answer is Simpsons episodes have really weird numbering system. When you listen to the DVD or Blu-ray commentary, they have their own weird little codex ever since. And I don't remember the exact reason for that. If it was because of the, I don't know if they, Maybe it's because they listed them not in the dates that they aired, but when the episode was written or animated, or maybe it's, like, leftover from the Tracy Ullman show that, like, the shorts count as, like, not quite season one, or maybe it's because of, like, when—again, maybe it's when an episode's completed versus when an episode's there. I don't know. So there's, like,
0: holes in it where people infer that there were— Missing it, episodes,
3: yeah. Like Kevin, you
2: like when you open up, a, yeah. They used to do their pitch meetings every season, and they would just settle uh, settle on stories they were going to do, and they would sometimes settle on more than they could actually produce. Hmm. Like, yeah, that would happen. So that's why I mean, think it's why their numbering systems fucked up. I, I could yeah, but right. you're
3: right. When you would listen to a commentary, it's this is season four, episode twelve. They would say this is so nine three seven. It was this really weird system. Yeah, their numbering system's really
2: off. Like the premiere exactly. of season four is actually supposed to have been the finale of season three. And was still the classic Cuspo
3: Animation Studio versus the newer studio that started doing it? Oh, so S O three nine two seven, like, cause they're like they're not. It's not season one, two, three, four. Episode one, two, three, four. That's that's the reason. Yeah. All right. My last question, I think. Hang on, let me scroll mm-hmm. through my phone. Dude, I have do, do, one do. about Felix the Cat, but it's not that good. This is the last question. He's like um, Mickey. <laughs> Hey, People like Felix, right? Remember I told you guys about how, and for those of you listening at home, isn't it weird like Felix the Cat is kind of the same drawing as Song the Hedgehog? <laughs> like they could live in the same universe? I, I can see it. I'd, I'd buy yeah, that. Yeah, no, they're out. similar. Yeah, fuck it. I like Felix. Uh, I like Felix the Cat. I like he that movie. He doesn't mess with people. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um. He has a magic. You know what? He's like Doctor Who, but he doesn't rub it in your fucking face. I,
2: I, you know what? I'll, he, I'll take that back. I don't like that movie, but I think it's a cool looking movie. I watching. just
0: remember the 3D uh, Felix head at the end. The at the beginning, it's a lot like the 3D Mario. head. Hey there, you gonna yeah, watch my just movie? it's kind of like, hey, look, 3D's a
3: thing now. Well, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you like the rest of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> there is a famous painting. Uh, it's an impressionist painting. It's at the museum, the art museum dogs in Chicago. Dogs playing poker. <laughs> There's actually a creepypasta about dogs playing poker, oh, I'm but sure. uh, that's not one of my questions. If there is, and I, I just don't know anything about it. All right, there is a there is a painting. It is a uh, in the Chicago Art Museum called a Sunday afternoon on the island of La Grande Jeannette, or a Sunday afternoon on the island of La Grande Jatte. It's in French. It is by George Serrat. I don't know if I'm, I'm probably butchering his French name. By George Seurat, and it's famous for being the painting that you know what. For, uh, it is famous for being the painting that Cameron in Ferris Bueller's Day Off stares at for a long. Oh, they cut yeah. back and forth between him looking at it, then closer in the, the details the, the of the impressionism. The pointillism. Yeah, 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 yep. It and this doesn't actually ruin the question here. Kevin, can you see it? Yep, I've cool. Seen that. Yep. And Neil, you remember this painting? Oh yeah, the lady with the hump butt and the dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's correct. Uh, Yeah, the camera goes back and forth, back and forth, and he's having this weird, intense moment with that great 80s music, and uh, you just see the details of the little dot, dot, dot work of (laughs) an Impressionist painter. I'm sure that there's actual art historians there that I described, you know, the dot, dot, dot guys. (laughs) Impressionists, Ryan. (laughs) It's a difficult art. This painting is also featured prominently in an episode of The Twilight Zone. Which episode is it?
2: Oh god.
0: If you don't know this actually I Actually used
3: don't know as a set piece to establish the theme of it. I have only
0: seen like three episodes of Twilight Zones. Is it,
3: is it the one
0: I don't know the That's, name?
3: First of all, we gotta get you to watch uh four <laughs> I was about to say we gotta get you to watch more Twilight Zones. Like I've watched three, like then I'll show you four more. Let's be honest here. There's a lot of westerns and then there's some good ones. There's like ten that you really need to is, see. Yep, there's ten good... yeah Is I it
2: know. the one where everything's getting hotter? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. It is called the mid one word. It is called is 2017. Hooked. The Earth
3: is, the Earth has fallen off its axis for some reason. Um, space AIDS or I don't know. <laughs> the, the
2: Earth is slowly moving further out of orbit. It's well, like no, moving away from it's the sun.
3: Mo- in The the Earth is moving
2: towards to- the okay, sun. Well, ac- okay, well, yes, yes. But the thing is, the hook of the episode is, is that. She's
3: having a fever dream.
2: It's, it's actually the opposite.
3: While yeah. the Earth is slowly orbiting away from the sun. Yeah, They'll so, both kill you, by the way. So
2: basically 20 minutes of the episode is spent, like, everything's getting so hot that, like, it's, like, the government has, like, cracked down. No one has water. Like, people are in, like, New York City or like, you have to have, like, five fans in your apartment just to fall asleep. It's really scary it's a and good depressing. One.
3: And at the end, it's she keeps turning back to that paint The painting they keep using is a weird, a really cool kind of visual motif of, look at how peaceful and calm they are. Look at how nice it was. We really took it for granted that the Earth is not going to, like... Annihilate us. Yeah. Um, Rod Sterling didn't know anything about global warming, I'm sure. Um, and I, I don't even know if they say if I don't even remember if they say that the Earth is off its axis and getting curdling towards it's the pretty sun. It's pretty scary. It's a great episode. In the
2: very, the very ending, the woman just, the, the, the main character, I forget her name, she just loses it. Like she just like freaks it because she's like, it's so hot. She just like passes out like in a fever.
3: The painting itself actually starts melting. The it's really is, creepy it's looking. Gonna, they're they're at the edge where like things are just going to start lighting on fire. A human being is just, it's too hot to exist. She's she's yeah. going to die. She's literally being Yeah,
2: leaked. And then she wakes up and it turns out it was a dream that the earth is actually moving further. Yeah.
3: That's such a twilight zone. Yeah,
2: but it's cool. Yeah. Like it oh, no. sucks.
3: As as Max uh did better than I could ever do. I'm accidentally Hitler. You're accidentally Hitler? By <laughs> uh, accident? He had to make many choices <laughs> to get to be the Fuhrer. He made all the raw wrong... He made Is thousands this, of choices. Right, I've never choices. seen this
0: episode. Is this one that I should watch? It's it's, it's be careful what you wish. Accidentally for. It's, a Hitler? it's a
3: genie. It's a genie, and he gives them like uh, uh it's um bu- 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 it's Mr. Needful, you know, from Rick and Morty. Oh, I asked for this, but a terrible... Oh, I asked for a lot of money, but then there's a negative consequence. Oh, I asked to be famous, but there's terrible consequences. And the guy... They're really, it's really obvious setup to go, I want to be in charge of everything, and I want to be powerful and famous, and I want no one to be able to stop me from what I want to do. Well, it and... looks like
2: you want to be <laughs> yeah. Hitler. And and it's
3: not just Hitler. It's it's Hitler yeah. in the fucking bunker. So he has like... Wait, Hitler is like... uh, famously not successful hitler <laughs> well hitler in the bunker li- tragically fits all of his that's that's the thing <laughs> yes he's punished for his yes mm. he's punished for his hubris yet again well ladies and gentlemen that's all the creepypasta questions i can muster up since yesterday <laughs> but um which by the way actually i'm so glad kevin and neil and our group message said do something spooky so most is actually from this morning yeah. but when i was just kind of pacing around in the rain on main street in hyannis which was fun i'm do sorry guys- plymouth do you guys have a favorite creepypasta
0: uh i haven't i haven't really delved into as many as
3: or any
2: internet scary story like the no sleep reddits like anything like that like the rake maybe
3: i love the rake i haven't yeah I i'm haven't... gonna say candle cove yeah candle Little cove candle is
2: cove. one of the few ones i have read and i i like it
0: just as like just as a have you caught the show i haven't seen the show nope, No, not yet but i'd love to I vaguely recall there was a Seinfeld creepy pasta that I thought was pretty funny.
3: <laughs> I had a um I had a dream about a Seinfeld. May well, maybe I, that's what, I'm, maybe maybe like that's what I'm thinking. Ladies and gentlemen, would you like to hear this? Was it the uh, one? I had a dream. George and Jerry were um going up the mountain skiing. Uh, and Kramer was there too, but Kramer was afraid, um, of what I would learn later. Elaine wasn't there. Um. But uh. George was like, he was doing the thing where you're supposed to like cross the skis to go slower. Like, you know, make an X yeah. with your feet. Yeah. And he just kept shouting at Jerry angrily. He's all red faced. I'm a fatty Jerry. I'm a fatty. And then, uh, uh, Jerry was just trying to get George like, Jerry, know, George, come down, come down. And he wouldn't. And he was just coming at me and I could see like, yeah, Kramer was there, but Kramer knew that something was wrong with so George. You were in this episode? Yes. It okay. was happening to me. It was happening. Yeah. George was happening at me. <laughs> Just and, George uh,
2: getting
0: angry and angry, and it's scary.
3: Yeah. It was almost like like something mentally, like a rabid dog, or like you yeah. know, something is just wired wrong with his brain, or like something is just taken over George Costanza. So if
0: you were one of the kids in It, would George Costanza be
3: what It turns into? Possibly, Instead yeah. of like the wolfman, or, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, what's the thing? Hey! <laughs> what's the creature that Professor Lupin keeps in the box? Oh, the turns, boggart, yes. Thank you, a boggart. I knew that one. <laughs> well, well with, on that note, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that's all the creepypasta things I came up with as of this morning. <laughs> Might I suggest, uh, do your own research. Have fun with it. Like uh, the No Sleep Podcast. Great podcast. Yeah, Glenn I... Washington Spooked. Mm-hmm. Very good. And Glenn Washington Snap Judgment Alone. Also really good. Yeah. I love that the...
2: There's still this very accessible, frequently updated database of just spooky stories. And, yes, a lot of them are written by teenagers and aren't that good. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the one, there are some that rose to the top. I, I do think The Rake is great. And I think some of the pen pal ones from the No Sleep podcast are pretty good. Um, I don't know. It's fun to know that, like, you know, growing up right now, you could go out there and just listen to a bunch of original spooky stuff. And, yeah, some of it's, you know, a bit derivative. Yeah,
0: no, it's actually, like, it's a cool thing. Cultural thing that we have.
2: There's have been a good, there's been a good annual string of horror films the last four or five years. Like there's the Babadook, there was the Witch. The Witch me, The which is awesome. I love the Witch.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, get Out. Get Out was cool. still uh, my it, favorite uh, film it of the it year. It follows was good. It, um, it was yeah. It came out recently. That mm-hmm. was great. Like It Follows wasn't as strong as The Witch. Get Out and the other. But you know what? It follows. I will. I respect the film for trying to do something new.
2: That's kind of my take on it as well. Like it's not it's, a home yep. run, but the, like there's enough that works in it and. It's subdued. You know, it's not loud yes. and garish and like showy. There's and... a
3: handful of jump scares. It's a horror movie. It's not like jump scares are for. It's not like a movie with jump scares. It by default is bad. And their jump scares, they do a good job. Does anyone else find it weird in the scene where she goes back to the person who gave her, you know, supernatural herpes, if you will? death herpes, ghost herpes, and they just sit on the grass and she's fine with them. Why does she beat the piss out of them? Uh,
2: cuz the movie's not perfect. Well
3: put. They're, they're,
2: I agree. There are, there are a few moments like that in the movie where I'm like I I don't know, they aren't they don't
3: seem that scared. Should I be scared? <laughs> hey shit, dick. Thanks yeah. for like giving me the curse. How about uh, I was like, "Oh, you just pass it on to someone else. Be a selfish piece of shit like me." There are quite a few
2: horror films that were like in, in, intentionally or not allegorical looks at allegorical is not a word
3: yeah an allegory of an allegory
2: of um aids like like uh the fly like kernenberg wasn't wasn't going for that but a lot of people thought he was that it was supposed totally to be I totally get that he said no it's just a generic degenerative disease it could be cancer I didn't realize you going to. or the AIDS. fact that
3: people were terrified people stopped visiting people people uh, already stigma once it became stigma Kevin are you still going to be doing
0: sound of- spooky sound effects during- <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to cut like half this episode oh, out yeah, like, it's, it's- I think we've been talking for like two hours we have yeah yeah. Jesus Christ oh, yeah, 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 yeah we yeah. haven't even done questions yet yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, oh god
2: oh <laughs> god Well, that's that for this episode's quiz from Ryan, which started off as a creepypasta quiz and sort of became a Ryan campfire tale uh, hour where Ryan gave us interesting tidbits on creepypasta stuff that I know I'm going to be Googling. But up next we have our Q&A segment for episode four, which is all pulled from one Patreon post. Anyone who backs us on Patreon can throw in questions uh, once a month or once every episode, whatever the hell we put them up. I'm going to try and stick to the Halloween-centric ones first. Um, so a few people asked this, uh, John Nandik, uh, Joseph shuttle, uh, a few different people asked variations on this, which was guys, uh, what kind of Halloween costumes did we wear growing up? Do you remember the first Halloween costume you picked when you were younger? I do. Neil, do you, you...
3: uh, I
2: don't
0: know if it was, I don't think it was my earliest, um, cause I don't remember the exact order I did them all in, but I did dress up as a robot once, and it was a big cardboard <laughs> box that we spray-painted silver. And I just have a very specific Sound memory familiar? of <laughs> the look of spray-painted silver on cardboard um,
3: is always going to remind me of that costume. It was a cool costume. Would you argue uh, something you would not want to wear over and over and over again?
0: Uh, probably not. <laughs> Ryan like, is say referring was- to... Uh, <laughs> The time that we uh, made uh, "No Place Like Home" and I made Kevin James dress up in basically that costume.
2: Yeah,
3: <laughs> with dryer Vince's arms. It was re- it was it, hey, it was hokey like like a Bender from Futurama. It was like a, it was a crude approximation of uh, like a cartoon, a Charlie Brown version of a robot. Thank oh, you again, Kevin. I did. It I did. Not maybe when I was I did. Maybe
0: when I was nine years old, I dressed up as the uh, basically the the killer grandma from psycho <laughs> who by you're the way Norman isn't bates alive is... but i dressed up as an old lady with a knife
3: <laughs> or were you were you actually Ma- mother bates or were you i think i Norman was supposed bates to be mother, mother oh, what, bates. what
2: year was that Be 91
0: uh I, I,
2: how old are you four I, no
0: this was when i was like nine
2: okay so 85 uh, 95 96. and you're going for the so
0: hitchcock like, not the yeah, I was going. I hadn't seen Psycho, but I knew enough about it to know. Oh yeah,
2: there's this an old is cool. Like, yeah,
3: yeah. Vince Vaughn, remember? Right, might have been around the Vince was?
2: Vaughn times. Do you remember your first costume? My brother
3: picked? and I. Uh, he was Leonardo, and I was Raphael. We were teenage mutant ninja motherfucking turtles. Nice. I still remember the rubber of this weird mask that I had. Me too. It smelled bad. I chewed on it because I was three. So, Do you think
2: you got it, like, at Bradley's or something?
3: We definitely got at Bradley's. And for yeah. those of you who remember at home, whether you're either too young or too old to remember, uh, Ninja Turtle action figures, another thing that I tie directly to smell. And I still have my... I still have only one. It's Splinter. Splinter the rat. Splinter the one who taught the Ninja Turtles whatever forms of crudely approximated martial arts. Apparently he was a master of, I think, a lot of martial arts. Or they just change it, because he's a cartoon rat, and it doesn't, I don't <laughs> give a shit. But, uh... I have the one of the original splinters, and his head, the, the body is plastic. The arms and legs are plastic, but the head is rubber. And as a child, teething, I would bite the heads off of all, of all the Ninja Turtles, off a of Shredder, off of Foot Soldiers. i bit the heads off of... Why would you build something that's kind of like a binky and give it to a baby? Anyways, I wasn't the adult who bought these things, <laughs> but let's move on. Ninja Turtles. I,
2: I, um, I, when I was very young, didn't get to pick. I, I, I think I picked my first costume when I was four or five. Uh, and it was Dick Tracy I really wanted to be Dick Tracy for Mm -hmm. Halloween Um, around then I definitely went as Egon for Halloween one year and the costume I got I had a
3: Ghostbuster year
2: yeah and the the costume I got was from Bradley's and it's weird because the Ghostbusters aren't like monsters or anything they're just normal looking people
0: they're exterminators but like the Ghostbuster
2: (laughs) costume I had for Egon was still like a plastic mask (laughs) <laughs> and like of a just a dude's face with glasses and a pompadour, and as a kid I didn't I was like oh cool I got an Egon costume, and we kept the suit around and I used to wear it to like you know like like sleepovers like cousins and stuff when we were really young, but um, I look back now and I'm like why didn't they just put like glasses on me or something? <laughs> yeah, that's Egon. Like way, we mentioned
0: Bradley's twice. Bradley's is out of business, right?
2: Oh, it might have been a regional department. I believe store. Bradley's is gone. Yeah, I yeah, the last the Bradleys something. are um,
0: gone. Yeah, I, I bring this up because um. There, they was, there was recently a sighting of a Bradley's truck in Boston. What? There's just a big truck with the Bradley's logo on it. I, I'm pretty sure it was Bradley's. For a movie or something? No, it was just there and people were really taking pictures of it and trying to figure out why is there a Bradley's
3: truck. Neil, Bradley's went out of business. Why? Today's the anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> years ago.
0: <laughs> I think the most plausible no. explanation was uh, it's just a repurposed truck that they'd ever painted over. Yeah. But anyway, that, that, yep. made, that made the news. That was well, that, a big enough that, deal here. That, that, those Wow. Are, those are good
2: cool. questions. Uh, a few people, I mean, there's, uh, there's so many questions. This uh, How about this? Uh, Mobius asks, and I think this is a softball. Uh, I'll aim this one at Neil. Okay. Neil, Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness? Ooh. Oh, come on.
0: Well, here's the thing. I, uh, I've only seen Evil Dead 2 maybe once or twice.
2: Nobody's perfect.
0: I know. It's been a long time. Uh, I'd need to watch it again. And, and I like Army of Darkness a lot, too. I watched it. I saw it first, so it holds kind of a special place in my heart. Believe it or not,
2: me too. Me too. Um, but? But Evil
0: Dead 2 is pretty cool. But I remember specific things about Evil Dead 2, and the rest of it is kind of a blank. So I can't... I Like, I know everyone Everyone says Evil Dead 2 is better, so I'm, I'm not going to argue with that.
2: I, I remember discovering Army of Darkness as a kid mm-hmm. when I was pretty young. Yeah. Um, probably four and a half five when it first started coming on TV and you'd see ads like order this now on pay-per-view and I used to think um, I could tell there was a stylistic similarity between it and Darkman even at the time Oh yeah
3: that's cool
2: and uh, but I I thought a couple years later cuz I saw like you know just these ads on TV years later I remember thinking was that Jim Carrey (laughs) <laughs> like when I was like nine or eight yeah, like oh kids, that, like, and was motherfuckers in everything because before the internet I couldn't look this up like was that like an early Jim Carrey movie and when I finally uh, discovered Army of Darkness like oh no Bruce Campbell very different, kind of looks like was that Jim I remember Spong? I had that was with that? Um,
0: I remember the trailer for Kung Pao came out and I misremembered it as um, Ben Stiller <laughs> I can see that <laughs> yeah I can right. see that but yeah, I think I, uh, I ended that. up seeing that in theater, so I dispelled that confusion pretty quickly.
3: Having recently done a compare and contrast with the new Beauty and the Beast with the animated one, if only at the time, and Bruce Campbell is too maybe too old to do it now. He could to, for Bruce Campbell old. to play Gaston, it would
0: be weird, would be fun. He could play Gastons father. just to dress
3: up as. <laughs> and... um,
2: Mark Larity asks, and we cover this in our post-mortem postmortem. Uh, Recording for the Magic Wish. How did you guys come across James Creelman? And I'll be real concise here. Uh, James Creelman, I saw him perform live at uh, Great Scott, this club in Alston, Massachusetts, a few times. I thought he was super funny, and I just wanted to do a video with him for months. Uh, We went through a few projects until we found what we thought was just the right thing. We we thought he was the perfect type of hammy for this, and you know, also he didn't have to talk. Uh, this is <laughs> film. So uh, if anything came up, you know, he'd just be going off his body language. He's a super funny guy. He, he his style of humor really gelled well with the, the subject matter, the material. So yeah, that was uh, how I came across James. Um, and I used to send James's albums to
3: Ryan and Neil. I kept saying this guy's super funny. Uh, and luckily, uh, it worked out. I liked him right from the, yeah, like we said in the post mortem. I liked him for the first time I met him. I really, I thought he was just a really good guy. I still, I still like him. I talk about him in the past. Yeah, tense. like he passed away <laughs> like, or moved
2: uh, away. Look up his band, camp. He's got some uh, funny stuff available from his standpoint. Yeah, actually, when I posted
0: the video, um, a couple friends uh, recognized him from, you know, from comedy, from local comedy. So, yeah.
2: Um, Yeah, he gets around. He's a Boston comedian, so. Yeah.
0: No, I asked him when we were filming. I was like, oh, how often do you do sets? And he's like, oh, yeah, like five nights a week. I was like, whoa, jeez. Yeah, he's a busy guy.
2: (laughs) He and Lisa keep up. Uh, So, um, Ryan, Michael Kickenrad Corliss (laughs) asks, (laughs) uh, all of us, I'm going to target this at you, what underappreciated films do you wish more people knew about? So, he says, oh, I personally want a signal boost, Night of the Comet, and the Japanese movie, Why Don't You Play in Hell." Ryan,
3: what uh, what do you consider to be an underappreciated but maybe kind of spooky movie? Dark City. Yeah. Dark City is a cool movie. It's from the late 90s. Uh, it's a, in a lot of ways like The Matrix. It was from a specific... I think
0: The Matrix like stole some shots from it
2: too. They, they, they use a lot of the same sets. sound stages.
3: Yep, they oh, use yeah. some of the same sets. Some of the same sets, alliteration. Richard O'Brien from the Rocky Horror Picture Show Riff Raff is in it. <laughs> it's about humans Ooh. exist in this sad weird like ant farm of a humans, human beings exist in this sad kind of film noir type city. It's this bizarre ant farm controlled by these aliens that use humanoid or human-like bodies as hosts. At the end of the film, you see one of these actual like yerk parasite, whatever the hell they are. Um, Yeah, there's great. They're not straight up vampires, but they have a very vampiric theme to them. Actually, more than anything, they kind of look like the Cenobites from, they look like pinhead without the pins. But, yeah, I'm going to go with Dark City. Um, My choice would be
2: the 80s blob adaptation that Frank Durabont wrote. Mm -hmm. He didn't direct, right?
0: I don't, uh, he he was all over it. Like, there's some actors in it who, like, were in the Are Frank
2: Durabont regular? Well, basically, in the 80s, there was this um, trend of taking, like, 50s and 60s somewhat hokey sci-fi films, uh, like The Fly Mm -hmm. and The Thing, and giving them that '80s edge, doing the, them right, if you will. I, doing I would them argue, justice. yeah, just kind of taking out this, maybe adding in, I wouldn't say adding cynicism, but taking out the kind of stage play sort of stuff,
3: and just making them a little more cr- genuinely creepy. Things that adding the production value, they weren't tr- the original ones weren't trying to be campy, but they are campy. Yeah, and it's because of technological limitations. And
2: I feel like the budget. blob, for some reason, is Chuck Russell directed it. Yeah, um, often overlooked. Uh, the Blob, the 1988 Blob. It's, it's surprisingly creepy, it's a good creature feature, some really fun practical special effects. Halfway through the movie it levels up into more of a conspiratorial tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Dillon's fun in it as like the cool guy that has a oddly permed set of hair and a really clean <laughs> leather jacket. And he's supposed to be like the dirt bag of the town. Um, but if you're looking for a really good October movie,
0: it's like a crowd pleaser kind of movie. It's
2: a real fun, yeah. genuine R monster movie. Um, and I stress monster movie. It's, it's, it's a real, if you're just looking for like, I mean, the,
0: it really, it, if you ever seen the original blob, which is totally great in a Steve solo, McQueen. Like, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of amazing that they were able to make it like legitimately a terrifying monster yeah um, it's a space amoeba it's know? a space amoeba but it's not so much the monster as what it does to people yeah and that's the main difference between the films is they show people being melted by the blob and sure it's like it's super nasty it, in a in that 80s you know gore production illustrating it away. a little too well it yeah. looks real because it's
2: not computer animated mm-hmm. it looks like it could touch you and the thing is you know with the genre of horror films a lot of them are disappointing or you're kind of swallowing some crappy medicine along with the good stuff you're watching a lot of maybe some torture porn or some questionable writing just to get to the good stuff and Mm -hmm. movies like the blob belong alongside i believe the thing and the fly in that if you're just looking for a quality spooky movie for halloween season and maybe you're staying in for the night maybe it's raining on the weekend before halloween or something I think The Blob is a home run. I think it's a real fun popcorn movie. Yeah, actually,
0: no, I'd recommend it over The Fly because it's a less cerebral movie. Really? Um, The Fly is real good. No, no, no. I I mean, if you're looking for something to throw on during Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The Fly, you kind of have to be in the right mood for it. It's really upsetting. Um, The Thing is great, um, but it's a little more slow-paced. Yeah. Um,
2: What do you got, Neil?
0: Okay, so uh, my underrated spooky movie would be um, another 80s movie from the year before The Blob, I think. uh, The Gate. Yeah, um, cool. which I showed you last year. or this I year. I loved last year. The Gate. Um, we
2: watched that a week before we watched Mr. Boogity.
0: <laughs> yeah, um. I'm not going to recommend Mr. Boogity. Ryan, have you seen The Gate? <laughs> yes, I
2: have. Have you seen Mr. Boogity? No, I have not. Back to The Gate.
0: Okay, <laughs> uh, the, the Gate is kind of a lower budget, kind of a poltergeist knockoff um, in the sense that it takes place in a house and a bunch of strange things happen to spook someone. Um and it's but it's very kid centric. It's a movie that you could probably show a kid. Um, it might give them nightmares. In fact, I've known children who had nightmares from seeing clips of this on TV. Um, but the amazing thing about the gate is they, for some scheduling reason, ended up with an extra two months to work on pre-production. So what they did was they set up a lot of their special effects ahead of time, and they really perfected a lot of cool forced perspective shots. And um, it just has a lot of effects in it that are kind of batting way above the rest of the movie.
2: There's some amazing transitions in it. Yeah. From like practical effects to like, well, from like just a shot in the movie to an effect. Like there's like a few transitions like whip pans that, Suddenly, you're watching an effect, and it's upsetting. Like, oh, that, how would that monster get
3: in there? Yeah, like the yeah. Forced the, perspective monster, the, stuff. the
0: monsters are. It's kind of a post Gremlins movie, but like a little more serious. Some of my
3: favorite claymation ever. They did a great job. Some
0: of it's claymation, but most of the time, the these little Gremlin things that invade this house. Mm, that's right. Um, these little goblin. They're I guess they're hell demons. Um, they're about like seven inches tall. That's but they're right. guys in suits. And there's a lot of shots of guys in suits are around the uh, about they they'd build a set that's, you know, like the edge of a couch or something. And it's like
2: triple scale or something.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like that. Well, it's like that scene in Army of Darkness when they yeah. have all the little ashes and stuff. So yeah. it's effects similar to that. And they're just like way too good for what this movie is. <laughs>
2: I highly recommend that movie. It's yeah, a really good movie. So okay, our three movies then were Dark City, The Gate and the 1988 Blob. Yes, which, which I was going to uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. We were talking about it in the car and I was like, yeah. "Oh man, this is going to come up. I don't know how the Blob isn't like you can't even get it on Blu-ray. They did a limited run printing of it. Is it, is it, it on like,
3: Amazon Prime? It's not I on screen think so.
2: Factory or something. It's do you have oh, okay. they only made like 5,000 copies on Blu-ray or something. Uh, just to screw you. I don't know why they do that cuz the Blob I don't know. I all I of got new, it just
0: on TV last year. Yeah. And um Uh, I watched it with my wife and our friend, and and uh, they'd never seen it before, and they were just like taken aback by like how surprisingly scary. Oh yeah, it is
2: the first kill in that movie. The first like real kill in that movie is like pretty nightmarish looking. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's pull out a few more questions here. Mark Hughes asks, "Do you identify more as millennials or Generation Y?" And you are not allowed to identify as millennials.
3: Millennials. Uh, Mark Hughes.
0: Was... I don't know if that's the same Mark Hughes I've known for like 15 years online, but um, there's people like that who just show up. Well, believe that. That sounds like I'm just like making.
2: Fun. I don't know what the technical definition of millennials is, but I think we're technically millennials. Right? <laughs> we are the that? oldest
3: millennials. I'm born 86. 87. And I believe that it's actually 85 on. Yeah. 85 okay. to, uh, and there is a cutoff. It might even be 2005, which would make that child, like Generation X, like Baby Boomers, it was, we did not name ourselves. We were named by someone else, but so were all of those other ones. Yeah. Um, there are so few positive connotations on a millennial, but uh, do I identify, do I use the term millennial? Like, do I like, shake a man's hand and say, Ryan Murphy, millennial? Uh, no, but I have, I have introduced myself in this podcast alone as, uh, you know, the real Ryan Murphy, the writer, director from, uh, Nip Tuck and other, uh, I haven't watched Nip Tuck in a long time, but the one from American Horror Story, I have actually done that. I, uh, we are defined by socioeconomic parameters and, uh, by our presidents, (laughs) uh, with an S at the end, presidents, um. I But I'll, here's here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to deflect the actual answer to your question. The answer is I, I'm not crazy about either of them. No one is. That's the reason you're even asking it. Uh, what's his name again? Um, Mark Hughes. It's okay, what? Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes. Uh, Mr. Hughes, yeah. No. Nobody likes being called millennial. No one likes being called Gen Y. I bet Gen Xers don't like being called Gen Xers, even though you guys have Barack Obama and uh, great music. Mm, and X is cool. X, they X they, they X is probably cool actually letter, like yeah. it. Or am I fucking kidding? They, uh, Generation X. Here's a question: Like, would you rather be called a millennial or a Generation Xer? Oh fuck, of course Gen X. But uh, but no, I'm well, not. I just don't get to be. I
0: don't. I think um, I was like into my twenties before I heard the word millennial, so I don't really identify with it. If that term had been kicking around when I was younger, maybe. But this... I feel like it's a new invention for people who were already adults by the time it came into yeah. The, the
2: entom- entomology is the history of a word. The, yeah, etymology. The, etymology. Etymology is like behind... The etymology behind millennial is so, hey, I, I didn't come up with this label for myself. And why I'm are you sure... Ter- I was, wasn't was even born that decade. I some wasn't sociologist born the 2000, that,
3: yeah, like, I'm, I'm sure some sociologist has done the research of when is the first time that term was coined and at what point did it really dra- gain traction and pick up. It's probably from like some New Yorker article. It's, it's, That's it's, the first thing I'm guessing. It's a pejorative. Like it's not yes. like...
2: It's not a term of... It's not an objective thing to call someone born in 85 or 86 or 87
3: a millennial. Doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> like, um, There's been plenty of, there's been two, there, not even, there's not, there have been plenty of thought pieces. Let me try that again. There have been too many thought pieces <laughs> justifying or not justifying saying this or that millennials want their kale and stuff. No, actually we're screwed by a bad economy. Yeah. Both of these things can mutually exclusive and can be true. Yeah. Uh, oh, we're lazy. Are we? Are we? All right. So I've got,
2: I can do two more or one more? Two more. Okay. Bella, who says, Ah, Joy, seeing the Patreon notifications makes me so happy. I think I'm going to cry. Here's a question. If you could create a whole new holiday, what would it be called and how would it work? That's a big one. Hmm. A new holiday. Bastille. I would call it election day and Uh I would have every American citizen get election day off. Because they need time to vote.
0: Oh, but it's not actual election day. That's the trick. Oh, yeah. It would Uh, would be like
2: February 15th. Gotcha. (laughs) Four-day weekend. Donezo. No, but I yeah, election day should be a holiday. That's not a funny answer. No, it's a good answer. (laughs)
3: Because rich people get to make their own schedules, and poor people must work. They don't get the day off. And do you know, uh, for those of you at home, you may not know this, but... Uh, to to co-op on Kevin's answer, which was fucking great. Thank Sorry. you, Kevin. Um, election days were on Tuesdays. And he, the the etymology of that, or the history of that is because in the early days of the 13 colonies here in New England and New York and down, you know, of all 13 uh, it used to be in the old, old blue book, the blue laws in Massachusetts, we call the, the blue laws are uh, colloquialism we have here for the weird old laws that have been on the books for hundreds of years. Some of them back from the first days of Plymouth Rock and the yeah. in the Mayflower contract and Plymouth Colony, the original Mayflower, the original pilgrims moving all the way up to today in 2017. Uh, and the blue law uh, among those weird old timey laws there was a set where there was a time when church was on Sundays and to not attend church was actually illegal. You could be fined or jailed that unless you were so sick, you couldn't get out of bed. You had to go to church. Obviously we've moved past those awful days. And so because
0: Wait, I don't have to go to church,
3: <laughs> there's no fine. Neil, what, what would your holiday <laughs> be? Um,
0: hmm. hmm. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, up in Somerville, we have a uh, local festival every year called Honk Fest, which is all um, uh, just a, a whole bunch of brass bands and marching bands from all over the country come to town, and they all pick a street, and they play on that street, and huh. it's very joyous and fun and loud and kind of annoying. It's like a
2: Dr. Seuss page it's, come to life.
0: It's <laughs> exactly. That's exactly it. And then they do a little parade, and I think every city should probably have to bear that.
3: I like that.
0: Um I, I actually, I really like it, but, um, uh, I don't know if it would be feasible. I think we'd probably run out of brass bands <laughs> if it all happened on the same day. Maybe we could stagger the holiday out. To
2: it's a quarterly regions. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Honk two is in April. <laughs> yes. Honk three would Honk be West. in. <laughs> Ryan, do you have a
3: holiday? I do. Uh, though it's not a creation it is not my own creation. Uh, back in the day, uh, have you ever wondered, well, here's, it takes the Earth about 365-ish days to get around the, to get, to get around the sun. Yep. We measure our, we, that's why we still use 360 degrees for a circle and 180 degrees for a half circle. Yeah. Uh, we didn't arbitrarily pick those numbers. It takes 360-ish days to get around the Earth. And back at the Greeks first figured this out, the Greeks and then the Romans stole it. Um Why is the Earth just a little off? And the reason we now know is because the Earth is on an axis. I honestly don't know to what degree the Greeks or Mesopotamians or Babylonians or Phoenicians or whoever. I'm sure maybe the Greeks didn't find it first. Comment in our comments section. Um, I'm sure someone will tell me. But the point is, they figured out it's 360 degrees for a circle, but we're always a little off. We have, and that's why we still have leap days. Every couple of years, we have to add one more day to February because the whole cycle is a little off every time it goes around. Mm -hmm. They would have a 360-day calendar, and then the extra five or six days were one big, fuck it. (laughs) It was one big party. And like leap day, what happens on those days doesn't count. Now, it's not the fucking purge, all right? It's supposed to be fun. And they would often do this, they would incorporate it around the time when the harvest is over. So that, or at you know, the, the, the growing season's over, we have enough uh, food to last some winter or not, and it's time for a big party. So, our years begin and end, or sometimes they would do it between the summer and winter solstice, depending. Um, they would uh, just, yeah, between our current nowadays, about January 1st of our new year, um, their big New Year's Eve would be the beginning of like a f- couple of days that are just wishy washy, one big party that everybody gets to take a break from, and then we all start back at a collective one, and we go to day 360. Hmm. I would think that would be pretty cool. Uh, So it's kind
0: of like fun day on that episode of Doug. I knew that joke was coming. Oh, yeah. I knew that joke was coming.
2: (laughs) Oh, you know me, too. (laughs) All right, last question from Christian Medico. Hello, Christian. If Hollywood gave you an existing intellectual property to reboot or adapt to film, what would you want to make? And what would you want to do with it to sort of make it your own? We have an immediate answer because we were asked this exact question a decade ago while working at Plymouth Rock Studios. Oh, yeah. And we said Animorphs. Yep. We, we. <laughs> we, would, we would own Animorphs. <laughs> um, I don't know how I would put my own fingerprint on it, though. I guess... Um, I would. Sword on of would be played by Brian Krantz. Nope, different intellectual. I thought that Power Rangers adaptation was good.
3: I'll see it. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm not opposed to seeing it. It's fun. Okay. Okay. I'll see okay. it. It's I'll a decent it. decent movie. I want to have fun. That with might it. I. Mm, I would. Pick. I didn't pick Power Rangers, by the way. Yeah, yeah I want to yeah. make it clear that's not my answer. So I feel like
2: Animorphs is probably the safest bet for me. Um, I I always have entertained the idea of doing a uh, Dark Man miniseries too. I thought Darkman Yeah, you mentioned Darkman before. I thought Darkman would be a fun to make like a Netflix series out of.
3: I think a franchise that has just enough life in it that uh has been their goodwill has been so fucking squandered and there is literally infinite potential to bring it back to life. Highlander. Yeah. Oh yeah. Highlander. Highlander. That's a good answer. Just make more there can be only one, has never applied to these films. Just make just, more. <laughs> just,
2: Is that the, <laughs> the poster.
3: Uh Make it a... a I would love... It a, I would even do an animated series so that it doesn't fucking matter if the actors was, age or not.
2: Was there a Highlander cartoon? There was a Highlander TV show. There was,
3: an holy shit, it's, um, it's kind of the Highlander 2 territory, but it's like Mad Max, but there's also like Mutants, and I, I don't know if the Kurgan's a villain, and they have a really bad shot. Let's just say there isn't a the Highlander cartoon. <laughs> but how about a cool like Cowboy Bebop or Samurai Jack? Yeah, make a well-crafted animated production where they cut back to the 1700s, or he's a caveman, or he saw Jesus crucified at Golgotha, or it's the future. Let's just do Cloud Atlas, but good. He was know? on
2: the Titanic.
3: <laughs> what? Yeah, Tom Hanks yeah. with the funky mustache. Tom Hanks is yeah. David Pumpkins. Tom Hanks says a uh, uh, third thing to make him different that isn't <laughs> a little racist, which Cloud Atlas. And I know that Cloud Atlas is trying to be super-duper inclusive of all different people. We are all one human body. We are all living together. But don't do it with, like, weird prosthetics and makeup. People go, ugh, oh, for a reason. And you done messed up. Which...
0: So you're saying you reboot Cloud
2: Atlas? I don't want to make Cloud Atlas. <laughs> So we got Highlander, Darkman,
3: and Animorphs. I almost said Wachusett um, Mountain. Wachowski. Wach- Wachusett <laughs> Mountain. For those of you not in Massachusetts, is a delightful skiing mountain close to Loon Mountain, like the bird. Not a term for a mental person. Um, the Wachowski. No one was going to are... call you. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Ryan. <laughs> He's crazy as a loon. A loon, I say.
2: <laughs> it's a fun term. Neil, you're given a property of your choice and a hundred million dollars. What are you going to ruin? the mask
3: oh that'll be fun i'd watch yeah. that that's shit. probably happening
2: right now oh well it kind of should
0: happen <laughs> yeah i don't know well if they wanted to go a little bit more in the horror direction like they were
2: originally going Before to do. chuck russell got involved yeah yeah, yeah but when so new... twice i've brought him up this episode well yeah it's it's halloween Ooh. yeah Well, no, third three times actually because he well keep going keep going um uh, yeah.
0: or maybe something along those lines i feel like maybe um, you could probably do an intro tone there's no saving Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> uh, Men in Black, I think. Uh, cool. I think it's more. It's kind of served its term. Yeah. Um. And I would like to. It's too soon, but I would like to someday see a uh, kind of a different spin on Men in Black. Maybe something yeah. a little less Baron, Barry Sonnenfeldish. A little or, more straight. A little more Steven Spielbergish, or something like that. Okay. So,
3: yeah. Oh, all right. I, didn't, I hadn't thought of it in that direction. I don't even know
2: like what I would do to Darkman. Like I, I just think Darkman is such a great idea. I remember reading the Kurt Busiek comics from the early nineties and thinking, wow, these are, these are really good. Like there's like a lot of sad ideas you could explore with a guy who is permanently scarred and has the ability to look like himself again for temporary moments. Like, I don't know. I I think Darkman's, um, an underappreciated franchise, um, Mainly oh, just that first one film, Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, even the
3: sequels, they're bad, but they have some great scenes. Like mm-hmm. They have some great setups. Um, Darkman builds off of what the Batman villain Clayface kind of touches on. Or there's even scenes
2: in the Mission Impossible sequels that are like, oh, this is a great Darkman scene. Yeah, um, yeah you're right. So yeah, I think Darkman, uh, you know, I think the hardest thing about making Darkman still work these days is that the effect, you know, there's there'll be a lot of pressure to computer animate it. Um, versus just oh, you know yeah. making some cool masks that someone pulls off their face when they're doing the transformation. Yeah, the original movie did a good job, like knowing when to edit around it and stuff, and it always played well. Oh yeah. Um, but um, okay, so we had Highlander, mm-hmm. Darkman, mm-hmm. Men in Black, or cool. maybe the mask, or maybe the mask <laughs> slash animorphs. Um, okay, well, that I believe it wraps up the question and answer portion of this long ass episode of Guaranteed Audio. Um, we didn't really get to too much Halloween stuff. We had some creepy pasta material. We talked about some spooky movies up front. Um, I'll be layering in a bunch of dumb sound effects. Um, <laughs> does anyone have anything else they'd like to leave our audience with as we stumble into November?
3: Uh, hopefully, to make another movie. Well, all I'll say is I am not gonna. All I'll say is thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for your patronage. And I'm not going to say anything about the next project or two that's that we've been discussing lately. Because... I uh, don't want to jinx it. <laughs> like LeVar Burton said, don't take my word for it. Read the book.
0: Uh, are you going to add a sound effect after he says LeVar Burton?
2: Like a, like a... I don't know. Like Reading a rainbow? Lightning
3: sound? bolt or something.
2: <laughs> yeah, ah! sure. Yeah, I'll do that.
3: He thank wants you to read. No. No.
0: Booze. Well, uh, good night, folks. <laughs> I don't know. Have a oh, have a safe Halloween. Uh, don't eat any apples.
2: Yeah, and uh, if you have a really crappy kid in your neighborhood, uh, just remember there's nothing more priceless than watching a young kid bite into a caramel-covered onion. It's <laughs> a real fun moment. That's a real <laughs> dirtbag kid. <laughs> yeah, they really piss off the kids. Yeah, night, that.
0: I'd be the kid who's like, mm, this is weird.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you're the kid that played with toy coal for Christmas. <laughs>
0: can't put me down.
2: <laughs> uh, uh, go out and watch the Pete and Pete Halloween special. Ooh, yes. Watch it with your siblings if you have any.
0: And uh... The Salute Your Shorts helped. Them. I don't know if no, the wait, the there was... There the Plumber? There was a Salute Your Shorts Halloween. I've
2: seen people do Zeke the Plumber in Salem. That's cool. That's a good pullback. It is a good one, yeah. I, I, yeah, just, you know, have a great Halloween. It's a, it's a special time of year. It's always over before you know it. It never lasts long enough. Don't spend the whole holiday just watching movies. But if you do, watch some fun, scary ones, not some torture porn stuff. Get some Jacqueline and carving in. Get some apple cider going. Uh, and just remember that, you know, on, around Halloween you can kind of Pick the family you celebrate with, and you're going to be wishing you had that well come put. a month or two later.
3: Because so. <laughs> he got no choice. This, then, a, this is a cynical this
2: is, episode.
3: <laughs> and you know something else? People, do, not just in suburban settings, or in urban settings, or in uh, downtown in uh, urban sprawl, or out in the country, or a great many, regardless of socioeconomic factors, people don't know their fucking neighbors anymore. And this is finally excuse to walk around your own neighborhood, knock on doors, and get to know who actually lives in your community. Do that. Have fun with it. Uh, you get to wear a mask, so you don't have to talk to him again. You get to decide who you pick and choose who you like, who you don't like. Yeah. Go out. Go find out. Uh,
2: Be social. Like, no, like, figure yes. out, yeah, yeah, enjoy the company of your neighborhood and, you, you know, to, participate. Like, I don't exactly. know. Take it in. Halloween's awesome. It's underappreciated. And uh, don't eat too much candy.
0: And if you're so listening to this in another country where they don't really celebrate Halloween. Your fucking loss. Oh, I'm Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
2: We all throw
3: rocks at each other. All right, yeah, yeah, everyone.
0: All right,
2: have a blessed night. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, have
1: a blessed night. night.